Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. What's up, everyone? Freddie the Pizza Man here, host of the Pizza Man podcast. Now joining forces with ChristopherMedia.net. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, the Pizza Man podcast. And, of course, find all the podcasts on ChristopherMedia.net. We talk Detroit sports. I bring on guests, uh, passions, opinions, uh, all for Detroit sports, and more. We even talk pizza. So thanks for tuning in and uh, spread the word. Christopher Media, let's make some noise. From Asmacore Studios near Detroit, Michigan, it's unregimented. Gangsters, what's up, guys? And now, here are your hosts. Number 240, Chris. I'm Aaron. I'm Rich. And I'm Todd. Hello. Yeah. So, trying to big pick- question for this week. Kids in cages, is it right or is it wrong? Is that the temp- is it, uh, is, is that where social media is at? I have pretty much uh, no no need to even tr- try to walk into this fiasco. I mean, I can't. Oh, don't doubt there's plenty of people arguing. One side's probably super indignant and the other side is probably super insensitive. I have seen uh, just about, I haven't seen that much of it, to be honest with you. A couple of my... Uh, uh, religious conservative folks are basically blowing this off as well. You broke the law. They told you you were gonna. This is gonna happen to you. So what do you expect? And they they're so totally breaking it down to the letter of the law. You were warned. It's your fault. This happened. It has nothing to do with the uh, you know the trope right. of kids in cages. And the but kids in cages thing is a little disingenuous as well. You know, that does conjure up images of, you know, the barbarian hordes north of Rome capturing little Roman babies and throwing them in, in cages. That's not, not what's happening here. Right. Well, first of all, the most infamous picture that's getting passed around as far as I've seen of the little kid, and you can't really see an adult above maybe a couple inches above their waistline, <laughs> at a cage crying, at the cage crying, that's a protest. That was a stage protest from from a couple of years ago. Yeah, I did see that going around that the the yeah. Twitter there was an article on Twitter debunking that like, yeah, no, this isn't current and it's not what you think it is. Exactly. Doesn't matter though, does it? Not at all. I know, right? The the facts are not even secondary, they're just not even important at this point. Uh, my yeah. my first whole reaction to all this and oh. think what you want was oh, so we care now we care. Like, I guess my whole thing on this is like, this is a new concept. Donald Trump, uh, you know, curled up his mustache last week and went, I know, let's separate kids from families. Like, this is like, like now we care. That what, well, I mean, this is, this is the fallout from uh, a policy that Jeff Sessions is responsible for putting in place, a zero tolerance policy, right? Catching the, very uh, horribly named uh, previous policy of catch and release, <clears throat> like their fish. Yeah, sounds like a but, sounds like a safari trip, right? Where you know, if you get a family coming illegally over the border, the you you know uh, issue them a ticket. They get a court date. Sometimes they get an ankle monitor. You know, and and you know, obviously, sometimes they just don't show up. Just like. Poor people all over the U.S. that are citizens, they get court dates. But nice ankle regardless, monitor. 
So, so the zero tolerance policy means we're not just going to ticket you and hope you show up for court anymore, right? Everybody that's coming over, we're going to hold on to you until we have a decision on what to do with you, right? So if you're going to incarcerate a family, there's no, there's no system in place, there's no facility in place to harbor a family unit together in a jail cell. So that's how they got to separating the kids from their parents. Well, now the, the way it was explained by NPR was under catch and release, the first time you were caught, it was treated as a civil infraction. Right. <clears throat> they basically turned you around, sent you on your way. The second time you were caught, they brought you in. You were separated from your family. Everybody was separated from everybody. Mm-hmm. The adults they had to were process you, yeah. The adults were given lawyers who could who were bilingual. They explained the situation to them. They said, if you plead guilty, then we'll send you back to your country. If you plead not guilty, then we have to process you, process you, keep you in custody until we can get the the, the wheels of justice moving. Which means right. you will be here. In a prison. Until a judge sees you. Until a judge sees you. Yeah. And the reporter who Which was following... weeks or months in some cases. Yes. So this new policy just cut out step one. Just cut out first time. Just went right to second time. Yeah. As far yeah as, that sounds accurate. So, so we're not doing anything new, I guess, is my whole... I guess well, it is a new... Well, okay. <laughs> You're cutting out that a step. That's something new. Cutting out... Right. That is something new. And on top of that... The part of the other part of the policy was to prosecute everyone who came over the border without, you know, a visa or a passport or something. You know, it, even people seeking asylum in this country, if they came over, they would be held until they could see a judge and then decide if they have a, a reasonable asylum case. So they, they've well, made the. There's a difference between if they walked up to a, a border patrol and applied for asylum. That's a process that starts the ball rolling, a process that could take years. Right. And coming across the border illegally and then going, I want asylum. And it's like, uh, too late. It's, 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 I'll it's give think, you that. think about it like this. If you are being beaten by your boyfriend and you're a female and you kill him in the process of defending yourself, you can still be charged with manslaughter. The cops are going to go, we have right. sympathy for you. You should have came to us the first time we put his hands on you, though. We can't just let you kill someone and go break a law and then go, oh, well, you know, there, you know, a restraining order, and he, he could violate it, and you know, and you have to go back to court, and you can't keep going back to court to reopen. Well, no, wait a minute. The, process. The, the cops have to; they would have to take you into custody because you killed somebody. It's up to then a judge or a jury to decide what the punishment is if if you're found not guilty for reasons of self defense. Well, it's up to a prosecutor or whatever. to decide whether or not there's ch- it merits having charges pressed against you. It's not the cop. Right. Exactly. The cop the can decide to, right, right, to right. take you in. But if somebody dies, that's going to be examined whether the cop arrests you or not. The There's going to be an investigation that, into that. The point is, is that once you commit the crime, the, the police are going to take you into custody and hold you until they can process you and get you in front of a judge, period. No matter what crime it is, if it's a crime that they're going to arrest you for. If, if it's a crime where they could do, like before, before the zero tolerance, where they ticket you, send you back or, you know, take your information, put it in, log it somehow in case, you know, you come back again illegally. That's, that's a completely different thing. That's like getting a speeding ticket, essentially. I mean, look, 
I'm very sympathetic to people trying to come here to make a better life for themselves. And I understand that these people sometimes make trips that take months to get from the part of Central and South America they're coming from mm-hmm. to the U.S. border. So there are people that are arriving, have arrived since this policy's been in an effect, who've been traveling under God knows what type of conditions, having no idea that the policy has changed and when they get to the border, all hell's going to break loose as far as splitting them up with, from their children. I mean, like, permanent. well, not permanently, but you get my drift. Not like it was before where it's okay. Put them in a holding cell, get them in front of a judge, send them back. That's, that's the issue with me is, is it wrong to send them back? Why are we, why are we spending money to prosecute these people? And what are we going to do? Throw them in our jails? Okay, now what about their children that are here? Now we're going to have to pay for their children because they're going to either be in the, taken care of by the state or foster parents or both, which comes out of everybody's everybody's pocket that's a taxpayer in this country. So why don't you just keep turning them back and go, that's just what we do? Well, I you know, I wish I could. Uh, Makes more sense. Maybe, maybe it'll come to me that I was listening to a podcast the other day and it, maybe it was Michael, Malcolm Gladwell's podcast. Maybe it wasn't. But they were talking about the the history of border security, basically. We really didn't have any up to a certain point in this country. And when we didn't have this border patrol, what would happen was Mexicans would come over the border, work, and then they would go back home to their families, right? And once we started having tight security on their southern border, they would come over here to work because they had to, and they would send money home, but they wouldn't risk going back. So it's actually kept more Mexicans in this country by having tight security that we actually, we had less actual immigration when we had a more open border Well, I mean, or, we've or talked, illegal immigration, I should say. I mean, we've talked about this before. There's going to be a number of people who get in this country legally, period. Right. It's never going to be zero. So people no need this. It's perfect. Exactly. Everybody needs to stop with that nonsense who believes that. But to put this, but to say we don't want them here because they're a strain on our system financially, it's not fair to people who actually went through the legal process of becoming a citizen and is now a taxpayer and has to subsidize these people who didn't go through the process. Why are we putting them into a into the prison system? And why are we sending their kids? By the way, to state in in and county homes and foster homes that uh, I'm going to say 50-50 is about the best odds you're going to get from me that that kid's going to be worth a shit by the time they're released from all that. Mm-hmm. That kid may, that kid, a four or five-year-old kid, granted a four or five-year-old kid from some of these countries is equivalent to a 20-year-old in some areas of our country. But I the think- thing is, is that you're still going to have these kids go into a system and come out and be completely conditioned to work outside of the law because that's what you learn in those places even as a child mm-hmm. so now they're now not now it's a generational thing not only are we locking their parents up and paying for that now we've paid to raise these kids and we're going to have to most likely foot the bill for at least half of them once they become you know residents of one of our great institutions of lower learning well the thing with the, the the whole immigration issue with the Republicans is I, I think they understand that there's nothing that you can do to stop it completely, right? All of this is really just optics. The only thing that really slows down immigration is when our economy slows down. 
or there's when, speed when opportun- when opportunities dry up. I'm sorry, what was that, Todd? Oh, or when there's speeds up. Oh, right. Yeah, exactly. It, it's all about the economic balance and where where the money can be made easier. Look, I've That's met a what lot drives of the people. I've met a ton of people who are immigrants and would be immigrants who have sat mm-hmm. at a at a table looking across from me in Honduras, El Salvador, Mexico, Guatemala. I've met them all over the place. And they looked at me and looked across the table, said they were going up there. They didn't have a choice. They didn't feel like they had any option. They yeah. knew it was going to be a hell of a trip. They knew they might get caught. They might die. Do you know how many people die in the desert outside of yeah. Tucson every fucking year? Do you realize how many bodies are in the morgue? In the, I, think it's, I think it's Maricopa County Jail in Arizona. Look that up. I mean, this isn't something that's they're doing because, oh, that sounds like a fun adventure, land of opportunity, blah, blah. They're fucking starving. Mm-hmm. They can't feed their fucking family. They're desperate. Yes. You see what I mean? And it, it, they don't want to do this. They're not coming up here because they have a great love for America. They're not coming up here because they believe in our values. They're not coming up here because they look at us as the shining city on the fucking hill. This is a place where there's jobs. End of story. That's why so, many of the, so much of the money goes back to these countries. You know, most of the people who come up here, do you know how much of the money they send back? They're not up here to party or buy a motorcycle. They're sending probably 80% of the money back so their family can eat. But that's, that's where the problem is. If, you, if somehow, A, I think it's a two-pronged thing. If they could get rid of the corruption in their own fucking countries, their own government, weed out corruption and establish and build an economy that could actually work for its people, that would cut immigration to a fraction of what it is now. This wouldn't even be a conversation. Well, also, uh, this leads to the other point that I was going to make about the optics of this. Look at what we're seeing all these stories about what ICE is doing. You know, they go into some farming operation or some factory somewhere. Right. And they round a bunch of people up and take them away. Yeah. That's all about optics. That's not really solving the problem. He's going to get another 100 Mexicans in tomorrow yeah. to fill those positions. And you didn't go after the business owner who you know damn well is going, I don't care what your name is. Here's your documents. Here's your social security number. Here's all your shit that you need to work for me. So you're Thank saying you. all of this is just something for the public to see, like a PR campaign? Damn 100%, you, sir. 100%. I, I can't it's believe all our, president, our president would never do something like that. Especially yeah. he would never do something like that when he just had, what was it, a New York Times reporter's three years worth of her research taken away from her with, yeah. with, with, with no warrant? I mean, never. Would, there, would, he, would, would anyone in this country, in the history of this country, do something to distract us from what's really going down with a bunch of bells and whistles and, hey, look over here. Never mind what's going on over here. Look yeah. over here. This is and, and Aaron, you you said it. You said it, and I'm glad you said it because outside of me, you, maybe a handful of my other friends, nobody has said the obvious. Why the fuck, if we're so hell bent on going, uh, stopping this trickle coming through across the border illegal? Why are oh, illegally, illegally? Excuse me. Why are we not going after the people that are employing these illegals? Right. Because that so means going cute. after. That means going after gringo Americans. Oh, and those, fucking the, well. The optics there are not nearly as good. You, you wanna, you, mm-hmm. Can you imagine the, 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 the visual of an ICE officer or some, somebody from the bureaucracy or the federal government, especially to these small government types who aren't really small government types, but the big federal government going into a raid, a fine, upstanding white business owner? 
just for trying to make a living, those optics aren't going to be good. And it's okay to do that as long as he doesn't pay his taxes. But when he hires illegals, then, you know, then we, that's, that's going to make us look bad. But if Uncle Sugar doesn't get his cut, (laughs) everybody's going to jail. Yeah, it reminds me, it kind of reminds me you're inviting this sort of Ruby Ridge sort of standoff thing or that mentality where the big federal government is coming in to oppress you. You know, that's why they don't go after the business owners. And if you, well, it's part of the reasons, probably a lot of other reasons they don't do it, because the business owners do pay taxes, right? Like you said. So why dry up, I guess, why dry up a a revenue stream? I don't know. But Well, they're job creators, just not (laughs) legal job creators, and we worship at the feet of job creators. Yeah, right. So there's a lot of reasons for that, but I, I think you hit the nail on the head. This is all, it's just theatrics. And I think that part of what's going on, I think that part of what's going on at the border, I think a lot of that is the same thing. I think a lot of this, as brutal as it may or may not be, we don't know the situation. None of the four of us have been down there. All we do is we get information from our, our source of choice. Neither, none of us have seen, actually, what's going on down there. Sure. So, right or wrong, whatever it is, the images that are coming through your television sets are lathering up each side of the conversation in the dialectic, Right. This is theatrics for both sides mm-hmm. because his base to his base. I've seen it. I've got, you know, Trump voting friends in my in my feed and he's keeping his promise. He's keeping his word. He's locking that border down. No zero, no tolerance policy. That's awesome. Don't don't commit. Don't break our laws. If you don't want to go to jail, stay in your own country, go through the process. So he's 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 being exactly what he said he would be in the campaign. He may not have his wall, but he's got now he's got maybe the next best thing is zero tolerance policy where if they catch you, you go to jail, whether or not whether you're 30 or three. Well, I thought that what was interesting about this situation, though, is the way that Trump was presenting this as this is just enforcing the laws that the Democrats gave us to, from the prior administration. There's nothing we can do. And then, oh, well, if the, well, Congress is going to have to do something about it, there's nothing I can do. I can only enforce the law. I can't make them. He owns and, Congress. The Republicans have Congress. Well, right. Well, <laughs> it's not the Democrats' because, fault. Because he was seeing this as an opportunity to get his wall built again, right? Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was mentioned briefly that, well, you know, we'll get the Democrats at the table to work out a system so that we can you know, figure out this thing we, so we don't have to f- separate families at the border and the border wall funding will be in that package that we'll get them to sign. So then we can go, oh, you want families to be separated? Because if you don't sign this bill, that's what you're saying. Right. And that actually blew up on him, but only – from the Republicans in Congress, they actually turned on him and started saying, no, this is ridiculous. Something needs to be done about this. And, mm-hmm. and, and people are, are really upset over it, right? So that forces right. President Trump say, uh, to then go, oh, okay, you know what? I actually am the big dog here. Let me just sign this paper, and there you go. All the families are reunited. Only they're not. This doesn't do anything to reunite the families that we already split, but it does say going forward that we'll not, by policy, uh, separate families. You know, I was... Now, uh, but but oh, one more thing though, that was in contrast though to his base, mm-hmm. uh, meaning, you know, all the people that get on on uh, on social media and and are right there with him on all of this stuff. No sympathy for these people that broke the law, like the law was handed down to us from God, and we can't amend any of this stuff. We have no control over the laws; we can only enforce them. Same th- same bullshit, and then. All, all the way up until the point when he uh, 
signs the, uh, the what you call it. <laughs> The executive uh, order. Executive order. Thank you very much. He oh, signs did he get out his pen again? He signs the executive order that says that they were they're going to keep families together, whatever the fuck that means. Nobody's really sure. And then his his base is immediately, oh, you should be so thankful. Oh, why aren't you liberals thanking him? This is this shows how, you, how two faced you are. This is all that you wanted, and he, and he gave you what you wanted, liberals, and you still don't. It's still not enough. So, Rich, if you punch me in the nose and then go get me a piece of uh, Kleenex to shove up my nose like sure a tampon, should, I should thank you for the Kleenex, right? Yes. And, oh, and, I'd and, be right and, there going, Todd, why are Rich is being so nice to you? Why are you being a dick? I'm a helper. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm a bleeder. <laughs> well, no, look, here's yeah. – I've been wanting to say this for the last few days, so I'm going to say it on – this program because this is sadly how I reach the most people. Were children being separated from their parents if they came across the border illegally before six months ago? Yes. Yeah. Before Trump. Yes. Absolutely. Then everybody needs to shut the fuck up about kids getting separated that's, from their parents. That's the camp I'm in with Rich. Like this, yeah. this ain't yeah, new. Of course. Now, if you want of to course. do something about that, then let's put that on the fast track and start working towards a solution instead of sitting around and playing the whataboutism game of Trump did this. Julian Gonzalez. I heard that this week. Julian Gonzalez. Oh, no, that was going all over Twitter. The picture of uh, this is how uh, how liberals separate uh, kids from their families. But did they forget that they were taking him and sending him back to his dad in Cuba? Yes, 100%. Absolutely. They were just like, hey, we got a picture of a brown kid with a gun pointed at him. And that happened under Clinton. All right. That was just Janet Reno and not Jeff Sessions, right? You know, you know what I kept hearing every time I saw that picture is, they broke, they broke Elliot's bed. Yeah. <laughs> they broke his bed. <laughs> <laughs> and I kept remembering how kind of hot his cousin was. I was like, his cousin's kind of hot. Mayor Slasis. <laughs> yeah, I, I hate to say this, guys. And I, uh, the three of you, I hope you don't take it, take it the wrong way. But a lot of times when we're on this, when we're talking about this stuff, I feel like we're just jerking off out of the wall. Because you guys, you just, you just nailed the crux of the conversation. There is no conversation. There is no rational discussion going on. It depends ex- precisely on what cross you worship. I and agree what you with you, Look. At its core, jerking off is a useless operation, but it still well, has you. to be done. It's a wonderful thing. Come on. Art when I do it. What are you talking about? <laughs> this is a release, okay? Mm, yeah. No, I'm not, no, that's what I'm saying. I don't want you guys to, to think that, that, that uh, that's an attack or a, a criticism of what we're doing here or what's going on with the podcast. I understand why we're doing it. But it's, it, sometimes it does. It feels like we are getting caught in the minutiae. Is that the right word? In the ridiculous details, and a lot of times, I think I think y'all just nailed the, the the what the real story is on the head. It's not the 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 details on immigration and all this other stuff. It's the conversation that's not happening. Mm-hmm. That is, I, 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 so many things, man. I I feel like that is the story because we cannot get to a point where any of us can have a rational, real conversation about all of this because nobody wants to hear anything but what they already believe or what their priests and prophets are telling them. You can't tell any of these Trump bots. You can't have a conversation about, you know, sort of um, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, sympathetic immigration policy, understanding how conditions are in Latin America, and 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 being human about it. You can't have a conversation with uh, about that with a lot of guys because all they're going to hear is Trump. They're animals. And that's the problem we have. That's why this this isn't going to happen. That's why we get the theatrics. He's not doing any of this to really solve a problem or even address a problem. He's doing it to keep his base fellatiated. That's it. And the Democrats are doing the same damn thing. I saw a guy on, I, I watched Aaron Burnett tonight. And I haven't watched cable news in long enough that the last time I watched Aaron Burnett, she was skinny. She's either really fat or very pregnant now. I don't know which. <laughs> I have no idea. I think that, she's women, fat. What, women love to hear that. Oh, so you're fat or pregnant? Yeah, well, one of the two. I can't tell. I didn't have sex with her lately. I couldn't tell you how she got that large. She's a house. But anyway, I'm watching this tonight, and she's got, I forget the senator or congressman's name, some, some dude from California. And she, she actually asked a very good question. She's like, are Democrats going over the edge with their rhetoric on things like this? And then she put the Peter Fonda tweet up there about how she, yes. if Trump should be thrown in a cage and raped by a pedophile. And then she mentioned uh, De Niro. Was it De Niro that said fuck Trump or whatever on national TV? Yeah, And th- this guy, his response was, in essence, I'm going to paraphrase, but it's accurate. Oh, well, they're just passionate. This is getting people's emotions, Hub. Fuck you. You're not any better than these other people. And, and it, it, this guy coming up, he's basically encouraging people on the left to be as, as vile and disgusting as everybody on the left condemns the right of being. So how is it that this is, again, I'm looking for an avenue, and a solution to get to the point where we can actually have a real rational conversation about this, and it's going completely the opposite direction. That's why this is the story. It's not the details of immigration or kids in, in jail cells or cages, however you want to put it. That is not the discussion that I think the country or we as a collective should be having. We should be having a conversation about why we can't fucking communicate. Yeah. Because <laughs> we don't want to. It's, but first, here's it's a soundbite of crying children. It's, it's, the, the sad reality is, is that the people who are the most politically engaged are the people who want to do the least to move anything forward. They just want, they just want a, a bad guy. See, that's, that's, that's the thing about the, 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 the Democrats that kills me in all this. You don't have a good guy in this, and they're fine with that. They just want to make Trump even worse of a guy. And it's like he's a fucking asshole to begin with. You don't need to, to, to basically act like, la, la, stick your fingers in your ears and go, la, 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 I can't hear you. The fact that uh, for, what, three Two-term presidents before him were basically doing the same thing. Okay, they gave him a mulligan. You can come through once and we'll send you back. But after that, you're getting ground up in the gears of the system. And you are getting separated from your kids because we're not throwing fucking children into adult holding, you know, county holding <laughs> cells with pedophiles and predators and everything else. Yeah, there are four-year-olds in general pop. Right. Yeah. I remember we used this used to be debated in politics about playing dirty. You know, what kind of information is it okay to use against another candidate and all that? And if if somebody goes low then the other can the other uh candidate against them is going to go even lower. Well, and, they- and what and at at the end all people see is two pigs in the mud, you know, you can't tell which one started it. 
Yeah, and they did studies on this. And the reason that the, you know, the information-based ads don't, aren't run nearly as much as the attack ads is the attack ads work better because okay. they're easy. They're simple. They're not requiring anybody to think, oh, well, my goodness, that seems like a sensible policy. I think I'll vote. For-. No, they want to hear, oh, there's Satan. I'm going to vote against Satan. It's easy. It's just an easy outlet. People don't have to think. Good guy. It's just boiled down to good guy versus bad guy. That's it. People are dumb, willfully ignorant, and they like it. And, and, and right up to, I mean, even during the, the beginning of Trump's presidency, there's debate over media organizations. So how, do, how do we handle this? He's openly lying, and we usually give some deference to the president and, and, and other leaders and not outright call them liars, but still, you know, uh, fact check them. But now it's just openly reported that, you know, Trump said this, which is not true. Trump yeah. lied about that. Oh, it was all over House Burnett's and, uh, program tonight. And, she, was, she was pointing this out, and it was just so matter-of-factly. Well, that's just an arbitrary. She said something like, oh, this is just, you know what it was? She, he, he made a claim that uh, North Korea is already disarming their nuclear program. Mm-hmm. And Mattis came out and, I guess, contradicted that. And she's like, well, that's just an arbitrary number. Nobody knows where he's getting it, but he's mentioned it twice. And then he did something else like this. It's just accepted now. I mean, it doesn't even, it doesn't even phase anyone when a national semi-respected news organization, such as CNN is, will come on the air and say the president is lying about this and this and this and this. Right. And this. That used to be terrible. It used to get people. It used to shock people. Right. And- Not more. And it used to be tiptoed around because they didn't want to completely tip their hat as to who they supported. They wanted to seem like they were still a neutral body. Well, there was also once upon a time when the president or a uh, a politician would use nuance when they lied. They well, would use right. well, I was going to say, language, like, <laughs> ambiguous I, language. You know, I, I'm in the position now here of defending CNN, but it would it it hurt, it it helps their credibility when they haven't been wrong a few of these times. When they she was, I don't see where she was wrong about anything tonight. I'm not, I'm not yeah. attacked. I, I actually, it was nice to hear. But it, it, it struck me that the way, the tone of her voice and her demeanor, it was so cavalier and so it there's, was defeated. She sn- was defeated. There's snideness? No, it wasn't snide. She was just like, and he lied again and nobody's going to care. You know, I, let's, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me put on my tinfoil hat for just Please. Like two minutes, just for two minutes, because... I, I almost feel like this is an experiment by the people who actually pull the strings behind the scenes. You know, the people the deep who state. are the deep state. <laughs> I, I mean, it, 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 sure, Illuminati, uh, the the Bilderberg Group, whatever you want to call it. This as long as it's not the lizard people, because I couldn't handle that. Well, you know, the the Earth is flat, <laughs> and the lizard people live in the center of the Earth, so that proves it, there's no you, lizard people because the Earth's flat. But, um. Uh, this given, do we have to go at or over that every podcast? I'm, just glad, I'm <laughs> glad you're here to keep reminding me of all this stuff, Rich, because without you, I don't know that I could keep in mind that the lizard people are real. It just, hey, V was a documentary. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but no. That's uh, why it didn't last long. It got shut down by the government. You remember like, the yeah, have this shit out here. You remember the slee stacks? <laughs> Sorry, sorry, Rich. finish, Rich. <laughs> when, when, okay, after nine eleven and Homeland Security was was funded out the ass, and they took over a lot of the uh, the airports and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. One of the things that started happening 
is incidences that would happen that will never make the news, will never be in the newspaper, never be reported. And a lot of that was these groups, these terrorist organizations, testing our responses, testing for weak spots, right. looking to see how we react to something so they can adjust their plan. I almost, if, 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 if I was like doused in Alec Jones butter, Alex Jones butter and wearing a tinfoil suit, I would almost feel like this is the people who really pull the strings on the world's way of going, how much will people take and still not give a fuck? Throw Trump out there. Let, let him blatantly lie. He said, guys, two days ago, he said, I can't sign an executive order and, and overturn this. And then signed it the next day. He did that. Literally. He, that is the equivalent of looking at your girlfriend going, I won't come in your mouth. And then blowing talking, a load down her throat. You're talking about the immigration thing? Yes. In, he didn't need any, to sign an executive order for that. But he did not point, need, even need one. The right. point is, the point isn't that he didn't it need one. Hey, Jeffy, stop it. The point is, the point <laughs> is, is that he said one thing, and then did the exact opposite that proved what he said the day before was bullshit. So he's, and 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 America, America as a people didn't even do what you do when you catch your significant other lying. Okay, either you were lying then or you're lying now. Which one is it? Because we, we just don't give a fuck. It, again, Occam's well, yeah, when, the, when that significant other is still blowing you, you don't give a fuck. All right. Or if that's don't significant, ask questions. If, if you look at that significant other as Jesus, you don't give a fuck either. Right. As the savior. You know, that's that's the thing. And I again I I, I you really gotta come at me hard to get me to share the tinfoil hat wearing thing. Uh, but is, is, is just apply, I, I would only suggest to apply Occam's razor to this. Is it a vast conspiracy of the global deep state or is heads of the Republicans or even Trump or his organization figured out just how p- stupid people will willfully be? It's not I don't think he's pushing boundaries here. I think he's figured it out. I don't, I, think think, I don't think he's testing anything. I think he knows that anything he says, his his backers as he said in the campaign, he could shoot someone in the street and still be elected and not lose any followers. I think he knows that implicitly, explicitly. Well, well, Todd, you have to understand. I don't think that this is them testing the American public for soft spots and pockets of don't give a fuck. Yeah. I just honestly think we just don't give a fuck anymore. And they're going, oh, well, they don't care. We only give a fuck when it's not our guy. Let's do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. But then we give a, a whole bunch of fucks until the same thing happens when our guy does it, and then it's different somehow. And see, that's why people who do not swear an allegiance to either, either party or either extreme of the political spectrum are so dangerous to both groups on either end of the political spectrum because we don't care. I'm not loyal to the Democrats. I'm not loyal to the Republicans. I'm not loyal to any political organization. If you piss on my leg... And tell me it's raining, I'm gonna slap the shit out of you until you stop pissing on my leg. Period. I don't care. And that is that is why it's centrist. It's like being called crazy. Now we can dismiss you. I mean, the big lie is that the people who do not play ball for either fucking team is that they don't care enough to even give a shit that there's a sport going on. When in reality, most people I know who don't play ball care more than anybody else about the truth. Yes. And they don't give a fuck. The truth is like rain. It don't give a fuck who it falls on. Yeah, what religion was Stephen Hawking? I think, I, I think he was an agnostic or atheist. That's exactly right. Robosexual. 
He was he was a centrist. I guess he 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 was an unaffiliated, as if you want to redefine the centrist thing. All right. Well, okay. Yes, I'm fine. I, <laughs> I thought you were having a stroke there for a minute. No, I, I was trying to contain a laugh, and then it came out. It sounded like that dog from the Hanna Barbera cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> I, right. So I would take perfect example though of of hypocrisy. Imagine if Obama was the one to announce that he wanted a space force. <laughs> what would the liberals have to say about that? Would they all lambaste it? Would they go, oh, look at this guy. He's crazy. He wants to send spaceships in outer space and fight aliens. No, they would be like... Tyson out there selling the idea. This is the leader we need. Forward thinking for the future. M-A-R-S, Mars, bitches. Let's be fair. Obama would have had enough sense and enough class and enough sophistication to call it something Better than the Space Force. This is Bibble. Say what up, huh? Bibble. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, right there before the show, I think I think Trump finally saw a Star Wars movie, or maybe he saw his yearly viewing of Independence Day, and he got all fired up. You know, I I, I don't have a problem with that idea. With Trump getting fired up over a Star Wars movie or having a I Space Force? I love him getting fired up over Star Wars movies. Yes, may, it may draw him away from Twitter two hours a night, and that oh. would be a good thing, I think, for the country. Maybe you can fund the uh, Last Jedi remake. <laughs> Shit, I think I could fund that. Did you see the story they're thinking about not doing the rest of those? Oh, there's yeah. been a halt put on. Well, let's, sorry, sorry. Let's, let's, we'll get to that stuff wait. later. Let's do Space <laughs> okay, Force right now, though. Yeah, I, I honestly don't have a problem with that. I think it's a wonderful idea. I don't think it should be called the Space Force. <laughs> I think that's... D- well, would come you, up with that. Do you know what? What would you call it, though? Do you know why? Yeah, I'm not. That's. I'm not getting paid to come up with names. I don't think. I, <laughs> okay, guys, guys, guys. Yes. Okay. Back, I will. But <laughs> stop for a second. Stop for a second, and 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 think back to during World War II and post World War II. I wasn't alive. You had. You had oh. Well, I'm sure you've picked up a history book once or twice. Wait, we're saucy tonight, aren't we? <laughs> I'm. I'm <laughs> we're anyway. Post World War II. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, during World War II, you had the Army Air Corps, which was basically the Air Force under control of the Army. After World War II, they made the Army Air Corps the Air Force. Mm-hmm. Essentially, essentially, what he's doing, and he's doing poorly, because yes, I do agree, Space Force, it sounds like a bad 80, 1980 trying to cash in on like Star Wars. Right, I swear I've seen that movie already. Actually, yeah. It sounds like something out of the 50s, one of those really bad black oh, and white Oh, no. Movies. Is this, this isn't Star Wars. It's Starship Troopers. It's an underrated movie. But, but the, the reality of the situation is, is that what he's calling for is basically what the, the, the Navy does 90% of already, and the Air Force and the Army split the other 10%, and he wants to consolidate it under a new branch of the military. Right. And everybody goes, oh, so we're going to have Colonial Marines... We're going to have this. No, it's going to be just like the Marines are to the Navy. The Marines are a branch of the Navy. They answer to the Navy. It's going to be the, the, the Space Force answers to the Air Force or the Navy or probably the Air Force. Where does NASA Honestly. fit in all this? Nowhere. Yeah, I mean, NASA has pretty much been regulated to robotic exploration, and that's about it at this point. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the first thing I thought of when, he, when, I, when I heard this idea. I'm like, what the fuck is NASA? NASA's militarized yeah. NASA. NASA's been, I, yeah, but the problem is I, I think he wants, 
because you have okay once again you know I've been God. I've been having a fucking ball with all the memes and shit, and, and the jokes and stuff with Space Force. Yeah, <laughs> and but I mean the the reality is they had different people from uh, on on a talk show from all over the political spectrum who said we really do need some form of policing in space because China and Russia yeah. are are. Their, their technology is growing leaps and bounds quicker than ours is. And not only do we have military satellites in orbit, but we have corporate satellites in orbit. And if they attack them, these days everything goes through Communication a Communication systems, man. Exactly. GPS, oh. cell phones, all of right. it. Right. I mean, well, it's possible that they could surpass us if we get that lazy. But I think it's, it's not that their technology is growing that much faster. It's that they're catching up to us and we're stagnating. We had a head start we, that we're losing rapidly. Right. And, you know, I think what, uh, what you mentioned before uh, we were recording, Rich, that this isn't anything new that any branch of the military is doing. This is just another splintering of, of the military. Right. It's there's no, an, there's it's no creating another branch along with all the bureaucracy that comes with it. That's where I'm like, do we really need to do that? What does it hurt? It, I don't know. Okay. It seems logical to me. It, yeah, I will, I mean, say, this, I will say this. If I was a 11-year-old kid right now, uh-huh. if I was the, and I had the same interest at 11 these days that I had when I was a kid, I would be fucking jacked. I could not wait I to turn too. 18. I don't, and I would understand. I'm not going to be a shuttle door gunner. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I mean, sure. <laughs> you know, I understand all that. But just too rich cleaning out space latrines. And I'm just like, get some, get I, some. I, I would take that fucking job. I would clean a space. I would look. I would clean a, a latrine on the International Space hey, Station. Hey, fuck yeah. The Sign physical the fitness test. Up. It can't be shit. You're in zero gravity. You could be overweight. <laughs> <laughs> the the two mile run to get out of boot camp ain't shit. I just hop four times on the moon and I'm there. <laughs> but but no, seriously, I would be pumped because I'm I, I I seriously would. I'm working with 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 technology that interests me. Yeah, and it's adventure. It's exploration. Exactly. It, exactly. It's, it's where my, mankind is at its best. I don't know. You guys are a little younger than me. I was born just after the moon landing, about a year after the moon landing. So I grew up with, with heroes like Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin and all these, these oh, old yeah. school astronauts. And that, was the, that affected me, man. I mean, big. When and that I was, was the very first thing I wanted to be when I was a kid. And I, I was serious about it for a long, 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 long time until I realized it took a lot of really intense schooling. And I figured alcohol would be more fun. But that was the first thing I wanted to be. No, absolutely. When I was a kid, I had a favorite astronaut, Alan B. Shepard, first American yeah. in space. Okay. And, and, and I was reading books in my shitty school system that were from the mid-60s before we went to the moon. Yeah. You know, I, had, and I, I, I checked out the space, in, the, the, the space encyclopedia like 30 consecutive times out of my elementary school library. It was just oh, my yeah. name, but somebody else did it. It just had my name in it like 40 times. You know, and back then, reading these books, you know, obviously written in the mid '60s, it was these guys are these guys are are, are test pilots. These guys are fighter pilots. pilots. Yeah, you know, I'm like, I can do that. 
I, you know, now it's like you need to be a fucking doctor in like biochem or something right. before they even think about putting you through any astronaut training. You just but, needed to be a pilot back then, I think, like a like a high end pilot who could do, fly test, um, yeah, like test pilots. Exactly. That's what if it, uh, uh, the Thomas Wolf book. Um, they made it into a mini. Uh, uh, it was like a three and a half hour movie. Uh, the right stuff. Yeah, that was all about the Gemini astronauts. I, I ate that Balls. movie up. Balls. They had balls the size of elephants. Even even Chuck Yeager, arguably one of the greatest, well, not arguably one of the greatest, but arguably the greatest test pilot that America's ever produced, goofed on him at first and then took an experimental rocket. That that part in that movie is absolutely 100% factual and tried to go into space with it. Had to eject and damn near yeah. burned up and died on the way down because yeah. he was so jealous because he was one of the first guys NASA came to and said, we want you. And he started laughing and goes, I'm not going to be spam in a can. Yeah. That's where that term come from. Yeah. I mean, they, 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 so in a fucked up, even a broken clock is right twice a day. In a way, I think this announcement, while I've had fun with it and I will continue to. It's honestly pumped up a whole group of young people that in 10 I years so. yeah. are going to be ready to, to fucking do this. This was something that, that coming out of the 1960s, the space program, the Apollo missions, and these heroes. And I, they, they were heroes. They were someone to look up to. They were role models for young boys at that time. And it was inspiring for these kids. To, it gave them something to strive for that was meaningful. Mm-hmm. You know, the military can do a lot, whether you agree with the, the principles or how they conduct themselves or or whatever. You can't deny how much progress we've seen in this nation because of uh, of our military and the conflicts that we've gotten involved in and, and the things that we've had to do. I mean, the, yeah, the fact is that if, invention, you know, right. If you are interested in space exploration and uh, and furthering of technology that allows us to to do that, then you should be for this because I mean obviously again NASA has been pretty much stripped. Yeah. Uh, you know they're, they're not doing they're hiring out fucking Elon Musk's platform to launch their rockets off of. They're putting satellites on privately owned spaceships. Right. And so I mean, if you want to leave that to the billionaires of the world to figure out, well, good luck with that. But, you know, it, there's a, there's also the issue of those satellites. Not all satellites are government or, you know, state, whatever country sponsored right. satellites. Well, because, yes, it's about protecting rich people's personal property, like and most it, things are about. And it's fucked up. As fucked up as this is, I much rather have a branch of the military protecting satellites that are owned by corporations that we all use on a daily basis. Right. Then it go towards bullshit. You know, we're going to build a whole fleet of these new fighter jets. We use them a handful of times. Their lifespan runs out and we mothball them in the middle of the fucking country somewhere in these airplane graveyards, and they just, I mean, by the thousands, sit there and rust and rot. And we never did anything worthwhile with them. I mean, if we're going to pump money into shit, let's pump money into shit. First of all, this is something we need. This is, 
All bullshit aside as far as whether climate change is man-made or not, one of the best things I've ever heard anyone say about climate change is, if you deny climate change, you deny reality. Because 20,000 years ago, the climate was different where I sit exactly right now. Well, not even that long ago. 15 right. million it's, it's years a, ago, this was a fucking ice shelf. Well, that's the one thing that they figured out by, by going to Mars. It, Mars was a lush planet, running water once upon a time. Climate yeah. changes. It does, naturally or, not, or, naturally or not, it changes. Right, and it's not about whether it happens fast or slow, whether it's natural or, or man, uh, man-made. It's yeah, about, it's going to fucking happen. Right. And don't you want an alternative, right? Yeah. It, it, You're running down it, a, I'm just going to, let me, let me throw this in there real quick. I didn't, I didn't mean to cut you off, but you, I, th- I think if I'm hearing what you're saying correctly, Aaron, and I think you're running down a very important road here, because I've made the analogy of, uh, we were talking more political stuff a few weeks ago of that mm-hmm. we're either going to have Star Wars or we're going to end up the road. One of the two are going to be our future, right? And if we really, really, really want to end up with the Star Wars option, we should start pushing forward and starting starting to embrace the the uh, ingenuity of the species, the explorer part of the species, because that's where we rock. I mean, that is where we are at our best. Well, that's our future. It, it always has been and always will be. If we're going to have one, it's pushing forward. You know, Arthur C. Positive way. Arthur C. Clark. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. What's it? Well, because Aaron says it all the time. Like everyone always talks about. Hey, we have to worry about the planet's future. No, no, we don't. Planet's future is fine. We have to worry about our future. That's what we're really yeah. saying. Exactly. Well, right. Exactly. We've become really attached to this place where we were born, and understandably so. But, but I mean, just look at. <laughs> Look at the history of the solar system and, and watch it. We live in this, what we refer to as the Goldilocks zone, where it's just the right temperature and water is, is plentiful on the planet, blah, blah, blah. But that Goldilocks zone moves depending on how big our fucking sun is. Right? You <laughs> and it's going to continue to move. So we want to go, we want to make the Goldilocks zone of the solar system our home and follow that to whichever planet we can make that work out on. Yeah, and, and get to the point eventually where we aren't, aren't even limited to that. Yes. Yeah, I'm, 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 we, yeah, we can go. We have our pick of the universe. All of these planets, we could just go anywhere and be like, "That's where I want." That's, that's where I put my home. That's where the species is at its best, man. When we're, we're thinking that way. I'm paraphrasing quite a bit here, but because I, I can't remember the exact quote, but I mean, it's you know, Arthur C. Clarke said, "If humanity does not leave the cradle that is planet Earth, mm-hmm. no matter what ungodly machines we create." And weapons we create, and, and and technology we create, you have to consider us a failure, and on a universal scale, because we didn't even survive getting out of the cradle. Yeah, I mean, if you have a kid right. and it dies from SIDS, we look at the the creatures in the ocean as subspecies. Like the rest of us, eventually evolved the things with legs and lungs. You fucking losers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Living at the fucking bottom of the ocean with your teeth hanging out. Your yeah, fucking... and the, sh- the shark looks up at you and says, "Bitch, I didn't have to evolve." 
<laughs> yeah, I was, I was perfect. I was perfect. This, this is the, this is my final form, bitch. Give me a taste of you, motherfucker. Come here. Yeah, the, the, the alligators like let your dog in Florida is like let your dog out without a leash. <laughs> yeah. Come down to the, to the to the creek here. Yeah, and the big ass python up in the trees looking at that little alligator like I'll get you next, bitch. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I mean, I I think it's a very valid point. I mean, and that's something that it, it yeah. gets it gets snickered at by people who I'm sorry are just. They're either willfully ignorant or they're just stupid. I mean, and they can't help it. They can't see past their own fucking dent of their own dick and realize this isn't, this is, it's like the Carl Sagan picture or the Carl Sagan quote when there was a picture from the Voyager probe of Earth from beyond Neptune's orbit. And he goes, see blue that? Dot thing. Yeah. yeah, that's us. Everything we've ever known, everything we've ever loved, everything we've ever hated is there. Everyone who's not, ever been born, everyone who's ever died, everyone we have ever heard of. Is there. And yeah. that ain't shit in the grand scheme of things. I'm going to love it. Sagan say that ain't shit. In there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, well, you know, there's a recent, there's a book by Neil Stevenson called 70s that I would highly recommend science fiction book, but it follows the adventures of the human race when we are forced off of this planet. I think that's the only way that any of this stuff is really ultimately going to happen is when we cannot live here anymore. You know, in, in his book, it's the moon blows up, the earth becomes uninhabitable and we have to find an emergency situation to get how, however many people we can off of this planet and what happens from there. It's not an abstract. It's, 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 that's, none of that's abstract, though. Imagine a 5,000-mile asteroid, a 5,000-mile circumference asteroid targeting yeah. us. I mean, that, that's not – that can happen next week. I think that – right. I mean, we hear a lot of times of, like, what if an asteroid hits the planet? And, and that's – that's something that makes sense. Like, you know, the planet is taking damage and people it's, die. And then, but in, in Neil Stevenson's book, it's the, the big, this big asteroid that we're worried about hitting us hits the moon and we're all relieved. Like, oh, it just missed us. Boy, we dodged that bullet. But all of these fallout circumstances, well, yeah. everything happened. Because there's no moon, the tides go all weird. Yep. And it turns out that all these particles of moon dust actually are trapping the heat inside the earth and the earth starts to just boil itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's happened before. I mean, when the, the, the asteroid that hit the earth and killed off the dinosaurs, it wasn't boom, everybody blows up and flies off the planet into space. No, it was the climate, <laughs> it it was, was climate results of climate afterwards. It, it right. killed everything. The ecosystem broke down. It actually, well, it, it heated up with like in the, in a matter of hours, it was too hot for any life to live on practically except for the creatures that were underground, like the little mole rats and shit that became us. I mean, ultimately I, I think that what we need to realize as, as, as a species is not everyone is a homebody. Yeah. Granted, I'm not, I'm not hitchhiking across the country. I'm not taking a plane to some, yep. I'm a pussy for that reason. Yep. I'm a faggot too. Call me a fag too, but no, I, here's, here's the honest to God's truth on everything I've ever loved in my life, if I could survive the trip into space, and they said, you'll die before you reach your destination, but it, we'll send you up. Bye, y'all. I'll do it. Yeah, you, well, got, to see, yeah. you got to see you left the planet. You know, there, there's a... I, I, I forget... Go ahead, Aaron. Sorry. Well, there's a, there's a lot of people that still have that adventurous spirit in us, but I think as a whole, as a species, we've proven that while 
we we can adapt to many different situations and and f- find ways to be comfortable to live comfortably once we've actually achieved that level of comfort we lose a lot of our motivation though there's a whole philosophy behind that baby yeah and that's why it's only going to be some sort of outside force that kind of pushes us out of the nest not necessarily and to go back to what you were saying rich and i think you touched on it as well just now uh aaron is that for most of our existence i forget what i what book i was reading this was really very recently though but for 95 percent of our existence we were wanderers We've only domesticated ourselves in the last few thousand years. We would move from place to place to place, finding food, finding resources, you know, whatever else. It's in our DNA to explore, to move around, to move about. We're not designed and not created as a species to sit in one place. And a lot of psychological problems, to touch on your other point, uh, Aaron, is that a lot of people don't understand. And this... I don't want to get too preachy here. I don't want to go off into the the whole travel thing that, that we were kind of joking around about a minute ago, Rich. But a lot of people suffer from that. A lot of people try to fit themselves into the domesticated, settled down box when in their in their heart and in their head they feel the urge to get out and explore. And in the culture, we we sort of see that as irresponsible, as somebody who's not doing what they're supposed to do. But it's part of our biology. It's not something that's wrong. And I don't think, Aaron, that it necessarily is going to take that catastrophic event if we can get our shit together, if we can start basing our our perspective and our perceptions in reality, in science. I don't think it. I don't think necessarily it would take that. But I mean, it could, to bring this back to politics, how can we get there if we can't even see a lie for what it is? If we're not even willing to see the truth in. It's little shit like some some kids being locked up at the border. That's we have. I I'm terrified that we won't ever even allow ourselves to evolve to that point. And something will happen because we will have governed ourselves, will have hamstrung, lobotomized, however you want to look at it, paralyzed ourselves intellectually enough to where we will not be able to do anything if you know the five thousand mile asteroid comes along, and slams into the Earth or the Moon. We'll just die. Right. We'll spend the rest of our remaining days arguing over who deserves to. The asteroids, to, a conspiracy. To continue the species. Oh, right. Yeah. The asteroids, a conspiracy to throw us in FEMA camps. Wouldn't even be that. I mean, the, the, Trump could just go on the news and say, well, you know, fake news said that this asteroid was 5,000 miles wide, and I happen to know it was only 2,000 miles wide. Right, and then they could, and, and then there you go. There's your argument. He has just reset the stage for the new argument oh. over how big the asteroid really is. This is a good conversation because it, you know, it, it elevates. I think it, it, there, there's a good way to marry these two things. I mean, these what we're talking about with the evolution and the exploration, moving off the planet, moving forward as a species, and all of, it does relate to what's going on today. Yeah, as in, like, I'd like to now more than ever move off this fucking planet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I would too. But it does, it does, it exposes what we're doing to ourselves. Yes. And how that could possibly, and I don't even know if could, could possibly, could probably, you know, affect the entire future of human beings. It's not getting any better. It's just getting worse every year, right? We're not evolving. We're not becoming out enlightened a little bit more every single year unless you're, you know, a hippie who happens to think that social justice warriorship is evolution. We're not. 
we're not coming together. We're not cooperating. We're not living together in a productive, positive way to move forward at all. We're going at each other's throats. Antibodies attacking, you know, the perceived cancer cells in the body. So, I mean, this is, this is yeah. all, uh, this is, it's related. It, it, maybe more tentatively than, than I'd like to admit, but <laughs> I think it is related. No, I, I definitely hear you. I mean, it's kind of, I guess the only counter I can, I can have to that is that we are in the moment, right? It's kind of hard to judge. Just like it's, if, you're, if you're mentally ill, you can't really self-diagnose because you can't trust your own brain. You know, I think we're experiencing conflict that is really nothing new in our species. There might be certain aspects of it that's ramped up, but you know, we, we've kind of stumbled our way through through our evolution this way entirely, and still had progress. It's, cool. it, I think it's just a, it's not a continuous ramp up in progress, right? Or an evolution, even if you want to describe it, that evolution of thought, evolution of of self awareness, and it, it's we hit these like plateaus and yeah. then all of a sudden make these great jumps. Again, and, lately, I, and lately these great jumps in our, in our cognition and, and everything happen hand in hand with our technology. Yeah. I would say that, you know, I mentioned this a few times is that the, the we're off the map as far as going backwards and looking at history as a sort of a, a scaffolding because of the internet. Yeah. The internet has handed, handed monkeys flamethrowers or guns or lighters something to destroy itself with because the 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 ability to break off into tribal factions and destroy the other it's it's never been like this and that's that's where the the for me that's where the almost terror comes from of what we're going to be capable of doing to each other because of the technology because we don't know how to use it responsibly i'm going to stay in contrarian mode though and say don't you think that many people have felt this way throughout history that <laughs> they have that, but that they were they were living in this unbelievable time where like things seemed to be going out of control and they they couldn't predict the future and things were seemed to be changing too fast or whatever i'm not, I'm not trying to apply all these things to you but I'm just saying this similar type of uh, of feeling of being off the map. I, I I totally concede that, and I hope you're right. <laughs> I do. No, I'm not. Yeah. I, I I that could very well be the case. It could very well be the case. I, however, going but back I, to the podcast you and I did, and the four of us did back in November, and I asked you, where is, give me, give me the tangible evidence. Give me the one example that you can point to that says that we are moving in that positive direction. Give me something. Right. I think that's part of the frustration is we feel like we have more access to all this information. We have uh, more information than, well, we're flooded. than previous generations knew what to do with. And we feel like we should be doing something more with that. But we can't, we can't sort through like that data. If we, and if we can't, like, if information is power and now we have the information, if we're not making progress, all we're doing is squandering that power. You're, you, I think we're, you misspoke. Information's not power. Knowledge is power. Information and data is by itself neutral. And it can be deceiving, it can be wrong, it can be fake, it can be lies. Lies are information. Yeah, sorry. Or, you know, it's not even about whether it's right or wrong. I mean, look at, this is actually a tactic that that happens in legal cases all the time, right? Especially if you go up against, like, a government or a big corporation. And you go, well, we need... uh, 
info on this for our case. And they go, okay, here you go. Here's fucking 30 banker's boxes worth of Xerox stuff. Yeah. Good luck finding anything useful. So is more information in that case a good thing? No, it's just a lot Absolutely of noise. Not. Yeah, exactly. It's data. It's not information, yeah. it's data. So, so you, you, I concede to you that knowledge is the proper term. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, I think that's what you meant anyway. But I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm kind of being a prick about the no, I, <laughs> precision I, I of language. I think it's, it's definitely something that's worth parsing. Yeah, I do too. Well, now, there's, you know, we, we've, we've went down the rabbit hole, but let's come back yes. out and stick our head out for a second. Oh, God. <clears throat> the scary idea of this is... If the information I read is correct, Trump wants this, if, if Congress approves it, Trump wants to move forward with Space Force or whatever it ends up being called mm-hmm. by 2020. And if he gets another four years, that means he's been the first six years of this branch of the military, the commander in chief at the head of it. Does this turn into every, all the good things we're talking about are just pushed aside for we want he he's going to he's going to go with you know he's going to revive Reagan's Star Wars program and all that good garbage and it's just going to turn into nothing but just gigantic weapon platforms floating in space Probably. if he wants this up and running by 2020 you know what that means he wants to be the first president in space <laughs> Can I get a Space Force t-shirt? I'm yes, <laughs> dead, dead fucking serious. He wants, he wants a Space Force one. <laughs> he wants his fucking landing on the aircraft carrier mission accomplished moment. And he wants to do it in space. Oh. I mean, now, here's the sad, here's the very sad part. If that's what, if it's just for an ego stroke and it's just to get weapon platforms orbiting the, this planet which could do nothing but just speed up the destruction of this planet, even more so than we've already set about doing. I, I, it, 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 it rips my fucking part of my heart and soul out to say this. I hope it falls flat on its face if that's the case. I don't know that I have a problem with that. It, because just simply because he's the longest term, the longest amount of time he himself, and this doesn't take into account something far worse that could follow him, but he's only going to be in office until 2024, unless he changes the Constitution or something, right? Right. Beyond that, if the, if the infrastructure and the organization is in place, it's in place to be used by someone much more intelligent than Donald fucking Trump. We're also, yeah, Trump is going to milk this for anything that he can get out of it, but I think we also understand that this is something that was going to happen no matter who was president. It was eventually going to have to happen. Well, there's think, also, there's also, I, go ahead. There's also things that, <clears throat> excuse me, that people, I don't think have stopped and thought about if he is dead serious about this and he couples, let's say he goes, okay, yes, we're going to put weapon platforms in space, but we're going to couple it with exploration and we're going to have at least people orbiting Mars before I'm done. And he gets two terms before I'm done with my two terms. There's one big thing that's, that, that will happen that. We'll start shit and end shit at the same time because of the nature of the Internet and people. We're going to have to go through the Van Allen radiation belt. Half the people who believe we never went to the moon are going to go, wait a minute. We can survive in space. Human space travel into deeper space is possible. All these conspiracies are bullshit. And then you're going to have the people who are going to double down on the conspiracy and say, no, that was filmed in some, you know, 
Where, what do you what do you call it? That, that was filmed in Afghanistan oh, mountains somewhere. Tell me I why think, there's. I think Rich just put a tinfoil hat on top yeah. of his tinfoil hat. What's uh, tell me the significance of those people? Why why should I be concerned about the tinfoil people who don't think we went to the moon? The same reason that you should have that you and everybody on this podcast and everybody listening to this podcast at this moment should have been concerned by these fucking roving bands of fucking morons on the internet. We said, oh, that's just the internet. They're not real. It's 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 fake outrage. Think that many? And that hold on, let me finish. Yeah. All right. Then you now you got people running people who work for the government off from restaurants in real life, like they're running them off of a fucking forum from twenty years ago. Okay, it, idiocy spreads quicker than fucking knowledge. It's <clears throat> always easier to tear something down than it is to build it, and we love to tear shit down. Yeah, that's no, all you're not the wrong. internet is. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I just, you know, to, to I, I, I guess I'm, I'm downplaying the significance of the moon landing conspiracy nuts a little bit, at least in, in, in this realm. But you're not, you're not wrong about that. And I think this goes back to what I was uh, talking about earlier: is that as a collective, you know, that's going to be the thing that stops us is the willingness to not just the willful ignorance it's going to have to be something that captures the 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 god i hate i hate being this fucking positive i mean seriously it, it is it's it, easier it gets a little easier with time i promise i am almost disgusted with how soft put me on the cover of soft magazine for what i'm about to say it's going to have to capture the hope and the imagination of people no matter where they're at on the political spectrum that isn't that isn't being overly positive and that's not being soft People require that, or they tear themselves to shreds. It's well, not right. something. It's not something that's soft. That's a necessity. You have to give people hope. You have to give people something to look forward to. You have to give people a sense of purpose. If you don't, they're all a bunch of nihilists, and nihilists are assholes. Trust me, I know. I was one. Well, and I think if you don't have that, then then you got nothing. You're going to just you, you fracture off into camps and tear each other to pieces. I mean, as far as space exploration, we. We used to have that. I mean, NASA remained an apolitical organization that understood the inspirational things that they were doing. They're, it wasn't so much about even what they were going to accomplish. Some of these guys worked on ship for so long, they wouldn't even see their projects go into space. They'd have to retire or fucking die before that shit happened. Contributing and, something, and, yeah. And even the guys who are shooting the shit up into space knew this ain't nothing. All we're doing is sending up a flag going, hey, this is possible. And some kid out there is going to see that, and he's going to be the one to really make change. That's how, so, human, that's how human and, and progress the, made, it works. It's, that's how it's made. Right. And they understood that's why they worked with like Stanley Kubrick so much on the 2001. They understood the importance of having that visual thing to go look at and, yeah. and Feel like, oh, that—that's an amazing place. I want to experience that for myself. Think of it this way: Galileo. I think it was Galileo. I think he's the one that looked through the uh, uh, telescope, saw Jupiter, and did a bunch of like calculations and said, "Hey, the sun's at the center of the uh, the the you know, or the solar system, or whatever, not Earth." And he was basically ostracized by the church and died penniless. But he started the process. Right. He laid down the foundation that a bunch of other people started running with. So Galileo, no, he never saw Jupiter. He didn't see those comets hitting Jupiter back about 15, 20 years ago. Remember that? That was so oh, yeah. awesome. Oh, that was oh, yeah. awesome. He never saw it. But does that mean he shouldn't have done anything? He shouldn't have said anything, and he shouldn't have said, oh, I'm never going to see Jupiter, so why the hell should I even worry that it's there? You know, that's the mentality that you need. You do what you can. And this is a bigger thing, kids. This is a bigger idea that 
I think you could apply to a lot of different things other than science. You know, you contribute something, whatever you can, whatever the fuck you got. You know, it doesn't have to be anything profound. Give somebody else something to run with. And you could apply that to almost any endeavor. Yeah. If you can get your ego out of the way and, and have to be the one that does everything and the, the one who completes the entire project. If you collaborate with other people and move forward and give other people information, ideas, things to work with to push things forward, things get done that way. That's how we function. You know, the, 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 pie, the pilgrims, when they came over, Jamestown, the people at Jamestown never saw Washington, D.C. Does that mean they should not they shouldn't, they shouldn't have never came? It's well, that's what, steps. That's, that's what I was getting back, going back to what I said. I mean, I, like I said, if I could survive the trip in this space, I'd be more yeah. than happy to be the stepping stone for four, right. five, six generations down Absolutely. the line to get where they need to go. Because you know well, what? I, at least I fucking died, and I, it meant something. Mercury One. I think it was Mercury One or whatever, the, you know, those guys that burn up in the uh, castle? Yeah, Gus, Gus Grissom. And, yeah. uh, I, I forget their yes. names, but yeah. Yeah, they died, but something came out of that. You know, I, it's tragic, and I, you know, I, I personally wouldn't trade the, the defect, defect discovery they made or whatever it was that, that led to the capsule catching on fire, but they gave their lives up. They, they, they went into that knowing that could happen. Yeah, they possibly saved more lives. Balls the size of elephants. Well, that's that's another thing we're going to have to realize as Americans, if Americans, if we go ahead with this shit, is that there's going to be tragedies. People are going to die, and we can't have a damn near decade pause like right. we did after the Challenger. Right. I'm sorry that people died. When when right. uh, what was the other? What was the shuttle that, that in the two thousands? Columbia. Columbia. It was, yep, that's fucked up, and we're gonna, you know, we're gonna honor these people, and we're gonna build monuments, but we gotta keep fucking pushing and move forward because that's what, that's how shit gets done. Yeah. Okay. If we stop building buildings, skyscrapers, because the first person died, we wouldn't have buildings over maybe twenty feet tall in the history of the world because, well, I mean, it might cost someone their life. That's look, life is risk. Period. Growing pains isn't the, the term "growing pains" isn't just a physiological thing. If you're going to grow as a as a person, as a as a society, you have to experience some pain. You've got to you've got to get outside the box. You've got to be able to to get outside of the comfort zone, get outside of the safety zone, and establish a new one. That's and how it works. And here's right. the, and here's the fucked up thing in my mind. As fucked, once again, as fucked as this might sound, Trump might be the type of president to go, we're going to push through this. He would be. Instead of, of being, be. instead of being the, we're going to stop everything and we're going to make sure and triple and double check and you know, make sure our lowercase j's are dotted you know, and you know, you know all this shit. He, he would look at you and say, what do you want me to do? You want me to come over there and grab you by the pussy? We're going to go, <laughs> we're moving forward. That's exactly what he'd do. I mean, because honestly, you're right, you're right. What, what drove the, the 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 space race to the moon was driven by the Cold War. It was also, in large part, as far as the public relations campaign, driven by an assassinated president who said, we make it our goal to go to the moon before this decade's over, not because it's easy, but because it's hard. Well, Yuri Gagarin, too. You know, the Soviets were already in space. Yeah. Cold, like you said, oh, the yeah. Cold War, and they're not going to. We weren't going to let them establish dominion over over space. You know, one of the one of the most interesting prologues to a, <laughs> to a nonfiction book, a modern nonfiction book I ever read was the Stephen King book uh, Dance Macabre, and it was 
he was in a movie theater watching a bad 50 sci-fi movie when the owner come in, cut up, cut the movie, turned on the lights and said, the Russians put something in space. It's called Sputnik. Mm-hmm. And he goes, the movie theater was full of nothing but kids on a Saturday afternoon. And we sat there for a good minute or two. And then some brave soul said, shut up and put the movie back on. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> yeah, there was for the one person that was, that was shut up, and put the movie back on. Everybody else was terrified because we had no fucking idea what that meant. Right. Yeah. There was, uh, there was also, I, I, I forget where I saw this, but there was a radio broadcast because Sputnik had a uh, transceiver, at least a transmitter on it, uh, sending a, like a really simplistic radio signal back. And we could pick that up. And I think they put that either on television or on the radio, maybe both. And they were like, it's like this, bang, bang, bang. That is the sound of a Russian satellite. It's called Sputnik, and it's orbiting the Earth right now. And you can imagine in the 19, late 50s, ah, nope. yeah, the terror, you wouldn't know what that meant. You would have no idea at that time what that meant. And you would feel good when Kennedy comes along a couple of years later and is like, okay, we're going to go and we're going to do this better. We're going to get people up there. We're going to actually put a person on the moon. Fuck those Russians. We're going to do this. That's national pride. That's a sense of community. That's an incredible, incredible thing that happened in the 1960s. I mean, I, I, I obviously wasn't alive, but I've, the family I had, I mean, I, they've told me it was just like Kennedy being assassinated. It was just like MLK being assassinated. They can tell you exactly where they were. Yeah, yeah. When they, when, when, when they first stepped on the moon. Have you, have you guys ever seen the, uh, you remember Walter Cronkite? Have you ever oh, yeah. seen the the video of him? Because obviously it was live. They were broadcasting, you know, live when this was happening. And he w- looked like a little kid on the on on the set of CBS News. Uh-huh. He was so. I mean, he he looked like a kid that just got a new motorbike for Christmas. There's a man on the. Moon. <laughs> it's just it, it, to see that guy, that excited. I mean, I I think right. that perfectly encapsulates. And there's pictures of people in Times Square. Probably, I don't know if there's a million, but it looked like there were a million people at Times Square watching that broadcast on the big screen. Like it was New Year's Eve. I mean, we need something like that. Yeah, we should should hope that this this Space Force inspires people because... We could shoot Trump into space, two birds with one stone. (laughs) NASA isn't inspiring anyone with its space people mover right now. We can send the first orangutan into space. That would be awesome. Well, I mean, you know, also, just imagine five years from now, just to pick a nice round number, we're watching a live feed, obviously delayed a few minutes because it's coming from Mars, of astronauts landing and getting ready to to walk on the surface of Mars. There is a program in place. You know that, right? Yeah, well, there's been a program in place, and it's been... Sped up, slowed down, sped up. So I don't know. The, I don't know where it's at at this point. Because last I mean, at thing one I do, last thing had, I do, they were they were saying it was going to be twenty twenty eight. Okay, well, last know, thing I do. Yeah, I know that they had the orbiter and the lander and all that. You know, I'd seen those built. Now I don't know if those were just built prototypes or if that right. was the final design. There's always going to be tweaking right up to the minute they fucking launched that bastard. So yeah, yeah. But no, I mean the whole. We're not talking about America and Russia. We're talking. The whole fucking world is connected by the internet. Yeah. Either you watch it or you purposely go jerk off to, 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 to X hamster. Right. That's your choice. I forgot about that. Thank you. <laughs> no, I did. I used to know that. Some, so some hipster Sorry. asshole. I didn't watch a Mars landing. 
Yeah. I was busy beating off. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right, though. I mean, it, th- that's the kind of thing. You know, I'm kind of, again, I wasn't around in the 60s, but I, I've, I've done enough reading, and I, I've, I, I guess I could legitimately use the word research, research the Apollo program and the Mercury and all that from the 1960s. And there was a sense of just unity, pride, that had nothing to do with just the flag and the military. It was we did this. We fucking did this. And I, I think that would, I think it would do wonders to have something like that, something like landing a man on Mars. Something like it would. I think it would do us do wonders for us, as long as it's not Matt Damon. That fucker gets stranded and needs to be rescued a, wherever he goes. Such a great movie. That was. I love that movie. I really did. Then he grows food with his own feces. He did. And he he, he video blogged about it. No way. <laughs> <laughs> Had to get that, and then he listened to disco music. Did you set that up? That was good. Yeah. Oh, that was a drop. I thought that was rich. I thought he ran out of the end of the hallway and yelled. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Yeah. But anyway, just just to reiterate, I I think my main point on this is this, this is, you know, to, again, sort of repeat the whole, I won't go too far into it, but the, the tie into what we were talking about earlier with the politics, you know, that's the, this is the stuff where human beings, where we are at our best, where we are at what we do, where we are an incredible species in a lot of ways. You know, it comes down to that split, you get God devil sort of uh, mentality or spirit or however you want to define it that lives inside of us, inside of each of us. That's the angel of our nature. Whereas the stuff where we will sit here and argue over, competing propaganda feeds about what's happening at the border or who's to blame for kids being in jail. That's sort of, you know, that's the, the devil part of our nature. You know, and it, it, I think that if we are going to move forward, we have to figure out a way collectively on mass. Don't ever fucking ask me how to do this because I will flip you off and punch you in the nose. But we have to figure out a way to put more focus on that positive moving forward, exploring uh, advancing uh, part of our nature. And if we do, we got a future. If we don't, then we're the road. So I like guys like Elon Musk. He's got yeah. that in him. Yeah. Yeah, love him or hate him. I mean, he's a little batshit, a little crazy. I don't like everything uh-huh. he does, but he's that guy. I think, uh, what, was the, what was the other guy? You remember the dude, uh, Richard Branson? He's another one. Yeah. Flying around the world in a hot air balloon or something like that. I mean, that's just, yeah, that's us. Well, should, should, we, should we bring it back down to earth? Yeah, but uh, what do we want to hit next? Well, I'm going to hit the pisser while you guys decide. I'll jump in. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm really fascinated by this. Uh, oh, shit. Brain fart. Chris, what's his face? Uh, Hardwick? Hardwick, thank you. This whole Chris Hardwick thing. Because Chris Hardwick. It's an interesting one, right? You know, I've read her uh, story. Okay. Um, I have not. So fill me in the details of this. I think everybody knows who Chris Hardwick is. Like, what? What is exactly her story? Her story is apparently. Uh, well, first of all, you got to set the picture that he was a, uh, a somewhat successful actor slash host in his, I believe, late thirties, early forties when they met. She was in her early twenties, like maybe twenty one, twenty two. He was forty two. Okay. Forty two. 
He was okay. 20 years older than her. Okay. And that's, that means what? That, well, that's that, that, that's that, you know, <laughs> the predator thing. Right. The, instantly because she's a young female, that she's the victim. No. She's, she's vulnerable. She Stop, says at the beginning of her article she has daddy issues. Yes, once again, she's the victim. She's vulnerable. Yes, yeah. it's built into the, it's built into the whole. I was a, I was a young vulnerable girl who didn't know any better. You know that type thing. So instantly, it's already it's already left a bad taste in my mouth. Stating that shit. Then she goes on to say, well, after two weeks of dating him, he laid a set of rules out for her. And she goes on to number the rules, which I should have pulled up because they're. Fucking it's it's first of all, these rules are Oh, you know there's already a Google entry for Chris Hardwick's dating rules. I'll get it. it. I mean it's 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 absurd. Um if I'm dating someone for two weeks and they start hitting me with like a ten commandments of rules of what I can and cannot do, uh-huh. I'm turning around and going, Well, you can now throttle your cock with your own fist with yeah. those rules because I'm done with you. Who the fuck do you think you are? Tell me who I can and cannot talk to, what I can and can't do when we're out to, at dinner, that I can't take pictures of you, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, these were these type of rules. She couldn't have male friends unless they were work colleagues, she, that, that she couldn't engage in conversation at dinner because people were listening, would overhear their conversation and then run to the tabloids and sell it. Um that she couldn't take pictures with of him without her his permission, which to me is just like that one. Isn't that just you know like common courtesy? You don't just go around taking pictures of people. I have them in a, in a private <laughs> setting. I do that without asking. Well, if you're in public, that's one thing. But I mean, oh yeah, 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 yeah. In a private setting, just snapping pictures of people. Why? Rule number what? one: I should not want to go somewhere at night. My nights were expected to be reserved for him as he has a busy schedule. That This alienated me from my friends. Number two, I was to not have close male friends unless we worked together. All photos of male friends were to be removed from my apartment. This was heartbreaking for me as my best friend happened to be male. Uh, three, as he was sober, I was not to drink alcohol. Before we began dating, he said, I noticed you have a glass of wine with dinner. That's going to stop. Number four, I was not to speak in public places. Uh, parentheses, elevators, cars with drivers, restaurants where tables were too close. As he believed that people recognized him and were listening to our conversations, our dinner were usually silent, him on his phone. And number five, I wasn't allowed to take a photo of us. Eventually, he softened on this rule, but was very stern about me asking permission. Hey, sounds like a dick. And after two weeks, I just said, peace, have fun masturbating. I will be, uh, I'll I'll be the guy's uh, devil's advocate for a moment. In the day and age we live in, it sounds like a guy who is very paranoid about his public image and was right. doing his best, his very best. I mean, he's a he's a he's a techno geek, right? Yeah, he started Nerdist.com. He also yeah. was the the original host of Singled Out on MTV, if you remember that show. Yeah, so he's he's hyper aware, very aware of um, the pitfalls of technology. Most of this stuff sounds like it's technologically based, doesn't it? Well, uh, outside, of, that- outside of the drinking, yeah. Not allowing her to have male friends. Right. Yeah, a couple of things. But a lot of it, it's, it sounds like he was uh, sort of a uh, draconian when it came to protecting what was able to be leaked potentially into the public sphere. He said, no dick in a glass case. You cannot have a dick <laughs> in a glass case. Well, I mean, uh, f- first of all, 
I'm not sure I believe all that. I, I just, I, I mean, if he laid those rules out just like that two weeks into a relationship, where is the normal fuck you that is in a, 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 your average human being to go, are you kidding me? We've well, been dating for two weeks. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, and on top of that, on. on top of that, you're not Leonardo DiCaprio. You're fucking Chris Hardwick. You were on a show with 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 Jenny McCarthy and Carmen Electra, and couldn't fuck either of them. That's how much of a loser you are. Having rules for your personal relationship about who your significant other can see, what they can do, you know, that that is uh, that doesn't work for a lot of people, but there's. Plenty of people still that that they would be perfectly fine with that. Yeah. That, that even works. And there, and I'm saying they because this is not even a male or female thing. I don't know what the numbers would look like on this, but I would bet you there's just as many males as females out there that have rules, whether they're written out on paper and handed to somebody or just explained verbally. Oh, I about have- there's certain rule. I mean. Outside of your basic rules, like you can't fuck somebody else or you can't treat me like shit, like these rules that seem very excessive to us. But look, it, obviously there is something that worked for her in this relationship. Yeah. Well, here's here's Chris Hardwick. How long were they? To, how long were they together? I, I I may have missed that earlier. How long were they together? We didn't say. Anyone know? Um, oh, I'm I'm scanning this article. I'm trying to see if I. Well, the other point of this is to to go back to the point I was trying to make a minute ago is the the woman sounds like she essentially <laughs> validated my point because it did come it, it, the relationship became public anyway. You see what I mean? If she's going to come out with stuff right. like this, what she what else she would she have come up with? What else would she have recorded? What other you know? compromising pictures or embarrassing pictures which she have taken that she would have made public when she decided to break up with him. You know, why is this a story? Well, it's, a, it's a story I, because I it falls why. under the, it falls under the me too. Right. Exactly. Contr- controlling, uh, emotional abuse. You know, maybe, category. maybe Mr. Hardwick again, to give him the benefit of the doubt, maybe he read her perfectly well. Now, is this something that he did to every girlfriend he had or well, just, well, Let's jump ahead in a relationship. By the way, two years. They did it for two years. Okay, jumping ahead in a relationship, eventually she did cheat on him. And I'll say this, good for him. He said, uh, one strike policy applies. Kick rocks, bitch. And then she started sending him texts that he's released. This is, hey, when can we be okay? Will that ever happen? We both handled this poorly. This is from her to him. Possibly my myself more so. I'm sorry I shouldn't have texted you. I think I just got caught up in a wave. I hope things are awesome with you. Basically, sounds like a text someone trying to feel out whether there's still a chance that they can come back. Right. And I now, think it's in, I think it's insulting her to, to her to say that she was brainwashed, right? <laughs> insulting to you her. Know? Yeah. Well, guys, let's well, just let's just, just tell the truth and shame the devil. I don't find I, her attractive at all. I think she's no, whatever. She's I don't even. But know no, no, but, well, no, like no, but let's, but let's, but no, no, no. The reason I'm saying this is because there's uh, your horses. Grab the reins. Back them up a sec. The reason I said that is because there's going to be people who go, "Oh, she's hot, man." Oh, oh. There's going to be people who be like me who's like, eh, whatever. The point is, is that she's went through life looking the way she looks, with a lot of people going, "Wow, she's gorgeous." 
And with that comes the ability to not grow up, to not deal with the reality that average and ugly people have to deal with. Yeah. To think you are entitled and special, to think you deserve things because you've been given shit all your life because everyone since you've been 14 has been trying to fuck you. Yeah. All right? That's why I brought up how she looks. That's why it's relevant. I just, you know, to I, me, I, it sounds to me, just, again, where none of us were involved in and we're only getting, I'm only getting it from you guys, and you guys are getting it from sources on the internet. But from what you've told me in the last five minutes, it sounds like he read her perfectly well. Because everything that he was trying to protect himself from, she took what she had and exploited anyway. Well, now here's where... And how, now, how is this, is this relationship any different than what was represented in Fifty Shades of Grey? That was a movie? It was that a movie was that everyone loved. It was fiction. So sure. that's, how it, that's how it was different. And I mean, there's... Instructional manual? There's, a me, there's the old meme that come out after the book initially come out that said if, 50 sh- if the guy in Fifty Shades of Grey lived in a trailer, it'd be an episode of SVU. <laughs> right, and not and not and not something to get bored housewives panties moist and in you know in, in cushion flipping. Yeah, but but here's here's where to me the the meat of the story lies. This is just the setup. To me, bottom line, there's his side, there's her side, there's the truth. That's how it is in every relationship. So let's say let's let's say half of what she says is legit. Let's say she did cheat. And then she did keep feeling around for seven months after he he showed her the door, and she couldn't really take no for an answer. So that 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 implies she has some issues as well. Sounds like a toxic relationship, doesn't? And it doesn't sound like a a relationship that's based on female or male toxicity. It sounds like just a toxic relationship. Right. Now, three years after their breakup, three and a half, something like that, she comes out. She releases her statement, and it costs him every job he has. Within 24 hours. Yep. Seriously? Yep. That yes. I missed. He got fired? Yes. Because yes. this woman came out with like a press release style thing and said he was a shit. He Not treated- even that. Well, she would just. She had social to- media. Social media, Todd. Yeah, oh, was, my God. her and story she, was about her experience, and she okay. felt like she wanted to share okay. it with everyone. And she, she didn't even name didn't, him, and she did not name him in the article. But, but everybody was knew that they were enough. Yeah, and she waited how long? Three and a half uh, years after. W- yeah, let's put. Can we do a little simple math? This isn't even algebra, let alone calculus. What else is happening in the world right now that coincides with that three-year, two and a half-year thing? Now like, she also says she matter? also she also says that he would have sex with her. When she didn't want to have sex, so she basically walks right up to the line of calling him a rapist. Right. Um, and to me, once I, you know, look, we're in, we are we are almost a year out from the first explosions in the Me Too war that has been declared. All right, we've moved on to the second part of the war, the Time's Up part of the war. Why the fuck didn't you go to the police? It's still within the statute of limitations in any state in this fucking country. Yeah. Why are you not telling your story to the police? Why is he not sitting in a interrogation room being sweated out while they play a game of good cop, bad cop with him? The same reason that you didn't have to go to the police during the McCarthy years. All you had to do was denounce someone, tar and feather them, and they'd be blacklisted. Big you bad. could destroy their life by calling them a communist. You can destroy someone's life today by calling them, walking up to the line, as you said, of not quite 
calling him a rapist, but you know, he raped me. You can do that now. This is I talked I talked about this a few months ago. I, I may have done it on my own podcast, escapingthecave.com. <laughs> but that's where we are. This is the feminist movement uh, rendition of McCarthyism. You do not need to prove anything. And this is, the, it, it's going to continue. Right. Well, when you can get somebody on, somebody who wanted to have sex more than their partner did, right? That's most sex. Isn't that a marriage? Yeah. Is it so, so you can only have sex if you're both like wildly passionate about it, like it's a one night stand right. or something, right. or if you both are totally not into it. Then right. you can have sex too. There's no but if such one thing. One person's into it, and the other one's like, eh, "I just put That's my sweatpants on." Yeah, <laughs> there's no such thing as doing a sexual favor anymore. Hey, he wants to get off. Fine, I'll fuck him. Can't do that anymore. It doesn't why, exist. Why is that wrong? It's not wrong. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ! Don't don't gaslight yourself. It's not. Guys, I, I mean, I've been in a relationship where you know, hey, I am just in the mood, and I'm talking, you know. The woman I'm with, and I'm going, well, <sighs> she's done it for me. I'll do it for her. Yeah. It's not like I'm being raped. There's no gun to my head. There's no threat of violence. It's just right. maybe I woke up and I wasn't, <sighs> you know, my breath smelled bad. I got to piss hard on. So it's like I got to spit on her back and fake it. That way I can go fucking drain this thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, whatever. It is part bad sexual encounters are part of any long-term relationship. Not every time you fuck is it going to be the earth moves, fireworks, You're not and gonna you be see God. Mutually rutting every time you bump genitals. Yes, it's, it's, this, is, this is where I get so pissed off at this bullshit idea that Hollywood and pop culture has sold, tried to sell everybody, but, but for uh, young women tend to really buy into it the most. Sorry if you're a listener and you're a young woman. Pull your head out your ass. And we're, you know, the, the, the couple's rolling around in bed, and they both come real hard at the right. same time. And, oh, and they see God. That is bullshit. Oh, yeah. So when, when, movie when sex, the guy is instantly hard. The chick's instantly wet. Yeah. They, they fuck with most of their clothes on and come together within five minutes. And, and I'm waiting for the day that... The Me Too movement adopts. He didn't get me off. But then it's going to be. What is that going to be? Is that well, going to be like sort of sexual neglect? We're all done. Are you going to be prosecuted, just, shunned just, for that? I'll just stop. I'll hit the stop button now. I won't even post the show. We're all done then. If that's the case, <laughs> not me. See, because yes, because that's that's the honestly got. I knew someone was going to say. It. I was going to come. I know. This is the sad part that a lot of, especially young women, don't understand. We try to set the land speed record with our tongue to get you to fucking get off. That way we can just relax and enjoy the motherfucking fuck. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what most of us do. All right. And there's these unicorns out there that you can just blow by their clit and they just, uh, and you're like, Oh, Oh, sweet. Oh, sweet. Where's the remote? Awesome. Yeah. No, I can, Christmas. I can really enjoy this, <laughs> you yeah. know, like, for, like genuinely enjoy it. And then there's the type where your jaw falls the fuck off. You get carpal tunnel from trying to, you, you throw your back out. You do everything you can. And it's just are you like, doing to throw your back out. 
They're just man, whatever. If Next I got level shit, you don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> you got like a step ladder underneath here. What, what the hell's going on here? Kama Sutra, pick it up, bro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, what seriously. Yeah. All the, I mean, whatever. All the bullshit. We pull out all the tricks, and it's just not happening. And yeah, I guess if that's a common, if that's a common thread in a relationship, then that means I'm not sexually compatible with that person, and that's a problem. But if that's just a once in a while thing. And she wasn't as into it as I was, or she, her mind was wandering, or any other. Jesus Christ, haven't you ever had sex without coming as a guy? All bullshit jokes aside, of course. Oh, yeah. Usually had whiskey involved, but yeah, I, for whatever. And that's reason. actually been. I, I've used that to my advantage. It's like you didn't yeah, ask for you, reasons, Todd. Yes, yes, or no question. No, man. I, I'm just trying to relate to the audience because I know there's other guys out there that have experienced this, but you have a couple of shots of whiskey and you're lasting three hours and she is like, okay, fine. You did yeah. your job. Are you done yet? Okay, man, we get point. it. Can I go to bed okay. now? Those girls come back. <laughs> no, seriously. I, I mean, whether it be, you know, uh, a drug alcohol induced or, or just what Maybe maybe you got a really good wank earlier in the day, and she come home and sprung it on you, and you were like, "Yeah," and you were like, "Oh shit!" Yeah. Uh, but whatever, that's not that. that what, these are the realities of two people fucking. This is nothing. This is nothing to go on social media right. and hashtag and get upset about. I mean, well, what is now, what does she do for a living? Shouldn't she lose her job for cheating on Chris Hardaway? Yeah, she's a cosplayer, apparently. That's what she does. A what? A cosplayer. cosplayer. Oh, yeah. She you know, goes it, comic book mentions dressed up as character. Again, this Hold comes, on. It goes back to <laughs> nice. This goes back to what I was saying earlier, though, because I, I think that the the details and the minutia of all this it really can be pretty well explained in the culture of victimhood. The identity culture where everybody is a fucking victim now. How was I victimized and in what way? And, you know, conveniently now that the movement's here, in what way can I exploit it and profit from it? How can I get my name out there? How can I get my pretty little face who is fucking Chris Hardwick out into the zeitgeist? Zeitgeist. However the fuck you pronounce it. And how can I benefit from it? Mm-hmm. I'm a victim. And, I am. And, and meanwhile, what's going to happen to the... The real predators like the Weinsteins and the Cosbys, right. they're going to learn to hide their behavior even better and continue to abuse people Actually, while everybody else is concentrated on everybody, all these famous relationships that went bad. Actually, you know what's going to happen is the, the more this happens and the more these horseshit allegations come out, it's going to dilute the, the, the pool enough where the Weinsteins and the actual predators... No, it's not going to matter because right. so much of the stuff has been thrown out there that's just such bullshit. Uh, what and can eventually, you do? That's just Hollywood. But it was interesting to read the comments because you had, you know, women go, oh, well, there you go. Selfish, toxic masculinity being called out. You men better step your game up. And then you had a bunch of guys going, bitch, we're a year or two away from affordable right. sex robots. The fuck are you going to do? Mm-hmm. And then I saw something that proved to me that women want that these these not women excuse me strike that from the record please these bold dyking angry as fuck agenda of rage feminists it revealed their true the true agenda one of these fucking dyke spike hairdo bitches post a fucking article sex bot is taught to refuse sex so you can now 
rape a sex bot because it will sometimes say i am not in the mood that should not be in that thing's programming if men created a vibrator that every once in a while said i'm not in the mood it just there would be up. riots in the streets it pumps it pumps diluted jello into the into the rubber well <laughs> it flashes the word declined oh so, you know here's my thought on that yeah like, just suck it, it to get the, sorry the, the, <laughs> I, I think, you know, yes, the, the sex robot is just a more technologically advanced sex toy, ultimately. But it is something else, right? It's supplanting a relationship in their lives. And I, it kind of makes sense that, you know, it would almost make it more like you actually have a real girlfriend that you fuck. Because sometimes she's not in the mood. Yep, it makes yeah. absolute sense for, for a group of people who want control and want to be dominant, but they say it's in the name of equality. It makes perfect sense. It makes no fucking sense. Period. Okay? <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> Bottom line. It's a, it's, a, it's a virtual girlfriend. It is. Yeah. Like that's a, like I get the joke, but the problem it's is... Not a it's, joke. it's not a it's joke. It's not joking. It's a virtual girlfriend. That's yeah. I'm being dead serious you're about getting, that. You're getting the psychological and mental interplay, sexual yes. interplay between men and women. No, I don't want to fuck tonight. Right. If, if all it is is a fuck toy, then you don't have that relationship with it that you're seeking, that you can't m- seem to make with a real person for some reason. And if you go back and you look at every fucking sex toy that every man's ever invented for a woman... None of them have ever done this, and I guarantee you there'd be riots in the fucking street if there were. No, it you have be, a choice how to dare you try to How dare you try to control my sexuality with your toxic manhood, you control freak men. You know we would hear nothing but the Jezebel, HuffPo articles. Well, look, no, this is going to be... Bukaki and our internet an, with it. This is just an option... For people that want it. No, he's for saying from just want- end, though. He's saying that they're going to have a, a hashtag Me Too for robots. <laughs> I think that's exactly what you're saying, right, Rich? That it's just it's, it's, it's a way years ago. When 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 the Nelly <laughs> song said, "Donald Trump, Bill Gates, let me in." If you just said which one is going to be president in 20 years out of those two, we laughed our ass off at the idea of President Trump. Who do we have as president now? Yeah, we live in a fucked up time, man. Everything's possible and nothing is real. What are they going to have? They're going to have like an activist hashtag movement. Robot vag matters. Hashtag me 2.0. By the way, these women who who I'm sure are just rejoicing that they're creating sex bots that can refuse have no problem with these automated machines that couldn't refuse that have been building their bullshit, horrific nonsense they've been spending money on for decades now. Once again... It's you can't tell me that this is like, well, we're trying to give him the full girlfriend experience. No, you're not. You're trying to control a situation because you're afraid of it. You're afraid that if guys can go fuck something that looks, feels just as good as you do without your bullshit, your horrendous nonsense, that you will you you have nothing to bring to the table. Listen, the full girlfriend experience is off the table when you can turn it off. Okay, so. Let's stop living in fantasy. Well, let's, yeah. just, let's just live yeah. completely in fantasy land then. There's, there's going to be an override button. It's not like it's going to whip out a samurai sword and protect <laughs> well, the vagina. <laughs> and you know, what's gonna, you know what's going to happen. The first guy who gets one that says no and he fucks it anyways, and then eventually on a long enough timeline, 
No, <laughs> asshole. <laughs> <laughs> on a long enough timeline, <laughs> on a long enough timeline, one of those guys that does that is going to go out and actually rape a, a, a living, breathing woman, and oh, they're yeah. they're going to bring it full circle right. back to this is teaching men to rape, so we need to get rid of them. You're right because somebody that's going to unlock something in somebody where it's not a real woman; it's refusing him, but he can act out that primal rape instinct, and he's going to like it, and he's going to want to do that to somebody because they've done it with porn. Rape, yeah. Even the most, even the most banal bullshit, vanilla, damn near Cinemax porn, you will see third wave, blue haired, shaved sides of their head feminist out there just working themselves up into a diabetic frenzy over, and you just go, "Are you serious? Then you don't want to see what I jerk off to, sweetheart." <laughs> I mean, seriously. I'm sorry. Sometimes I'm in the mood for, well, you know. Ooh, baby, and blah, blah, and all that, and that lovey-dovey shit. Other times, I want to see a bitch get rode and get fish hooked. Sorry. And if you, and furthermore, once again, these feminists go, well, this type of porn makes men crave that type of sex. Go look at hardcore feminist porn and tell me mm-hmm. that, by the way, the vast majority, mid-90s percentage of that I've ever found is women harming men. Kicking them in their nuts, stomping on their dicks and stilettos, beating them. Why is that okay? It's not. But see, here's the thing. I don't give a fuck. If you can find a guy who wants to let you do that to him, more power to you. I agree. Right. No, sure, it's okay. But it's not. So why it, is it not okay that I want to watch a chick get face fucked every once in a while? There's a double standard well, that's here. That's okay, it, too. There's a double standard because it's okay for these uber feminists to advocate for a position of power over men that's what stomping on balls and dicks is all about the same as you know if, you, if you're burning some a woman's tits with a cigarette while you're fucking her it's the same fucking thing i mean i i to be completely brutally honest with you growing up i thought i was the most fucked up person sexually i was ever going to meet and then i met my group of friends for 25 years and i was like i'm in the very conservative camp compared to what these sick fucks are into and i still you have a discussion, you know, an open discussion in, in a group, not at work, not with coworkers, but with friends and girlfriends and boyfriends of friends. And there's, get a big enough group and there's always one in there. Oh, that's sick. That's disgusting. Yeah. What's wrong with, why do you want to come on a woman's face and disrespect her? Why is that disrespect? Because it's fun. It's awesome. Why is it, dis- why is it not she disrespectful likes it. when I'm fucking you from behind? I pull out and blow a load over your ass and lower back. That's be not su- disrespectful. She's that into it. Su- she's into it. It's empowering. Su- the bitch would be surprised at how many women like that. And I mean, I just keep going back to P- Patrice O'Neill. If you guys could shoot eggs on our face, we wouldn't cry and call <laughs> our mothers and go, oh, disrespected us. We call our friends and be like, bitch shot eggs on my face. Dude. I deserved it. <laughs> Let me tell you about this one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, that's true. Yeah, yeah. It was like, it was like alien. There were so many eggs on my face. I don't even know. <laughs> it was crazy. But I mean, ultimately, this is this is where this nonsense goes with these extremists. And sadly, one out of I'm just picking numbers out of my ass, just throwing them out there just to have a number to say, let's say one out of a thousand people that hear this shit will buy into it. And then they go tell another thousand people and another one out of one thousand people. And then it turns into something where some fucking activist group. Find some politician who's willing to try to force some bullshit into into law, and the next thing you know, 
we're right back to the Christian conservatives, but they're coming from the left. Yeah. So that the SJW conservatives mm-hmm. telling us porn is evil, and we can't listen to, to music that gives us sexual thoughts, and we yeah. can't film Beyonce from the waist down because it makes men horny and they can't control themselves. Well, there's a whole bullshit. there's a whole slew that doesn't even have anything to do with sex. I mean, this all ties into uh, political correct culture. It ties into gender pronouns, trying to you know uh, compel people to use certain speech and <clears throat> to legislate it, things like that. I mean, all of that's pretty much coming from the left. And I I don't think you should differentiate between Christian uh, fanatics and these ideological fanatics. To me, they're all religious fanatics. They just worship different gods. It's well, the I mean, same thing. You know, something I, I try to explain to, to, to my younger friends and coworkers and people I run into is I live through the PMRC. That yeah. was Republican and Democratic, you know, w- wives of politicians going, oh, we can't have this. A Wasp album titled Fuck Like a Beast? Mm-hmm. A Twisted Sister? No, we can't have this. Right. And, like, do you realize... Do you, how fucked up that was do you want to go back to that because you think that somehow you're protecting somebody do you know what that the thing is though let me invoke the 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 uh, equal and opposite balance thing again because right after tipper gore and the pmrc came out weren't released an album that had the song ode to tipper gore on it i don't know if you guys have ever heard that i don't know if you have that chris but it's a wonderful piece of quote-unquote music and then two live crew was right around in that time you know a lot of people will just you can do that but it's going to create this backlash it's going to create whether it's right or wrong actually it's going to create people who will just do the opposite of it because yeah that's it (laughs) It's fucking awesome. All it is is warrant at their concerts. They took clips from the, their all their shows and found the most vile things they said on stage and stitched it together for like three minutes. Ode to Tipper Gore is the name of the song. It's only fifty four seconds. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. I haven't heard in a few years. You kick ass, too. No, they don't. They're warm. <laughs> I think that was a nice line. Ah. <laughs> but you, see what I'm saying? I mean, it's... It, I don't know. It, that is, it's part of me that I, I, I don't know how much stock to put in this because I'm really firmly coming to believe this whole transcendentalist thing that there is this universal sense of balance. Now, whether or not it's destructive or productive, I think depends on how far the extremes go. But there is going to be a, a, a sense of balance. Either a plus 10 on the scale will uh, find a way to match the negative 10 on the scale, the same as a plus 1 or a minus 1. Does that make any sense? You see yes. what I mean? There is going to be a corresponding balance. Somewhere, some ways. I don't. I don't know that it's really necessary to put a whole lot. I mean, it, it sucks, and I don't want to see it, and I sure as hell don't want to condone it. But they can do all of this stuff, and it's just going to create the equal and opposite backlash from the other people until these people figure out a way to get themselves into a position of power. But that doesn't even work. We saw this with the Soviet Union. 
This whole the Solzhenitsyn book, man. I had this whole. I'm, I'm putting together this whole thing that I was going to shit into your guys' ears today, and I'm going to spare you from it. But it it, it really highlights, uh, especially from the the early days of Stalin moving forward, how bad things can get. But there's always going to be a seed of the equal and opposite backlash. So you can you can you can put a lot of importance and a lot of stock into these fanatics, but you also I think have to keep in mind, and this is that positivity and that anti-cynic thing, that there is going to be that balance. There's going to be a swing back toward the middle, one way or another. People won't stand for it. They may st- they may have to, and they may be forced to acquiesce to it, but they're not going to stand for it for long. And th- th- that's the thing that I think the left doesn't understand about their extremism, is that it's creating. Throughout the culture, throughout society, and around the globe in a lot of ways, it's creating the exact opposite of what they're trying to create. Yes, and one of the, 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 it's an overreaction in my opinion, most of the time. But, I mean, it's created different movements in different cultures. You know, the Japanese have a term for it, it's called herbivore, herbivore men. It's a, it's a term used to describe men who have no interest in getting married or finding a girlfriend. They are happy just doing what they do, mm-hmm. going to work, making money, spending their money on themselves, having friends, taking jerking off if they get the urge to to to, to you know got to get the evil out. And over here we call it you know there's the 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 MGTOW thing, the men going their own way thing. And then there's you know I guess you can lump incels in there. But incels to me seems like people that are angry that they can't get laid when it's like right. you could just go buy some pussy and get it over with. But yeah, fuck whatever. you guys. Go pay for it. Fuck you guys. I, yeah, I mean, I'm just like, I. that whole thing is just, that's a, that's another subject. But, I mean, this is the reaction to it. And if you go and you and you actually just lurk and read the stories, most of these guys are guys that have been burned. Guys that have either had relationships and bought into everything that, you know, three generations of men being more and more raised by single moms and romantic comedies and (laughs) fucking Hallmark cards, what you'd expect them to believe. And then when, you know, they get, they find out, they're the last to find out always that they've been getting fucked around on the entire time. The humiliation, the anger, the sheer impotence of the fact no pun intended, that they cannot do anything about this, sets in and they go, I'm not playing the game then. The game is rigged. Mm -hmm. And I've seen, I I went through this, my first very real relationship, you know, every time she cheated and I got angry, I was told by men, women, family, her family, both of our friends, what are you upset about? If you'd have been taking care of her, she wouldn't have done that to you. And then the other one I heard was, well, she's a young woman. She's a flower. She's exploring. She's blooming. How dare you try to control her and what? tell her what she can and can't do? Yeah. Now, when I cheated on her to prove <clears throat> a point and be like, here, bitch, this is what it feels like. You scumbag. I scumbag, piece yeah. of shit, dog, pig, every other thing you could think of, ostracized, cost me a couple friendships. And I'm just like... <sighs> How is this? How is this even a level playing field? I'm not even playing the same sport. <laughs> what I am doing is literally walking into a pitch black room and being told to play a game that I don't even know I'm playing. I don't know the rules to, right. and I have no no physical affinity for. And there, you know, these type of and I'm not saying this is all women. 
But these type of women who, who just feel that they can cheat and then just go, well, what's he going to do? Nothing. Ha, ha, ha. I fucked you. I, you know, I, I fucked around behind your back. Blah, 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 blah. What are you going to do about it? Where, where does society hold them? Leave. Where does society hold them responsible for their actions? Well, you can't call them a slut because then you're shaming. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, you know, rightfully, first of all, we know way too much about celebrity celebrities' relationships in their lives. That's just my opinion. I don't, you know, like, I, I like Brad Pitt and Seven. I really don't need to know why him and Jennifer Aniston broke up, but I do. Because it was all over the fucking news for, like, a year or two when him and Angelina Jolie started fucking around behind her back and all this bullshit. And I was, you know, oh, that's what... Brad Pitt, he didn't even get as much of a pussy pass as the average buck-tooth, solid five woman who cheats constantly on your best friend gets. Chris Hardwick's ex-girlfriend. Yes, the whole thing. Why did the relationship break up? She cheated. Well, he wasn't taking care of her. He was mean. It was his fault. And I go back to something I was told at a very young age by the women in my life, the women who raised me. Anything that happens to you in a relationship more than once, you allowed to happen. Fool me once. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Taught me personal responsibility. If she's going to cheat and she does it once, you, if I choose to stay with her, I'm taking that risk. Now, that doesn't absolve her of wrongdoing on her part if she cheats on me again. But that just says, well, maybe you should have been a little bit more selective. Dog bites you once, you don't kick it twice. And I mean, the fact that he lost all his jobs within like a 24 to 48 hour period <clears throat> is mind blowing to me because we we're not even giving lip service to due process at this point. No, that's why I keep that's why I keep comparing it to Mar- McCarthyism. And rightfully of, so. Yeah, it's out of control. Um, I don't even know what the word is. Threatening that precious, precious commerce. Don't even well, actually don't even want it threatened. They're doing they're doing what they did to Roseanne, quite honestly. Here, before yeah. anybody can before anyone stops writing a check, you're gone. Yeah, it's by the, the same thing. It by is the, the way, same thing. Yeah. Breaking news with the Roseanne thing, they are bringing the show back as the Connors. <laughs> nice. We called it. I can actually I can deal with that. I do hope they bring in Rosie O'Donnell as her cousin or some shit and have her eaten by an alligator, but that's just me <laughs> and I'm wrong. Roseanne's still going to make money, right? No. No, they've cut her out financially, too, as well. Well, they still, that's, that's, I, haven't, I haven't dipped into the articles, but they popped up on the news feed. So. Well, they, they retitled it. They, they, they can do that, I think. It's not her show anymore. It's not Roseanne. So if they're taking it in another, in another direction, she, they technically have probably re- rewrote the paperwork where it's not her project anymore. But I mean, I here's the think. thing. Chris Hardwick came up with the Nerdist website. He sold that website for a ridiculous amount of money. He was the host of Talking Dead uh-huh. and Talking Talking Bad for Breaking Bad and whatever the one is for. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I better call Saul. He is very big on the Comic Con scene, giving talks and lectures on panels, making buku money, he's going to financially be fine. When it starts happening to Joe Blow, who makes thirty-five grand a year, and he can't even get a job slinging pies for $5 an hour plus tips because this type of shit follows him. And by the way, it never even went, in, it never even went into an interrogation room. It's just an allegation. Yeah. 
I don't, let me put it to you this way. God forbid some guy goes, well, if you're going to fuck my life up that bad, I'm going to, I'm going to earn it and goes out and does something stupid, God forbid I'm the deciding member on that jury. Because I'm going to go, what the fuck did you expect him to do? You completely removed the ability for him to survive and didn't even give him. Now he's in court. Why would he didn't he didn't even get indicted before? It was just hearsay and rumor. Denunciation. Happened in, uh, like I said, McCarthyism, and it was a big thing. And a big thing in the Soviet Union, you could denounce anybody. There was a guy who was a, uh, a national hero, an icon, because he denounced his own father. All you have to do is make the allegations, and the repercussions will follow. Due process? <laughs> no. All you need is the reason to persecute somebody. That's what it is, right? That is, that's exactly what this is, isn't it? I mean, he hasn't been charged with anything. Nope. So he's not a criminal. He's not in the court system. He hasn't been convicted of anything. So how is it anything other than persecution? Well, it's a, it's, it's a Kafka trap. Explain you, what that would be. You put him in a situation to where any, any denial of, this, of the situation of, of what he's being accused of serves as evidence of his guilt. Well done. Yeah. And so the only thing he can do is to remain silent. But that doesn't, even, that doesn't even guarantee you anything at this point. If I was Chris Hardwick, I would release everything I fucking have. I would bury TMZ in, 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 in anything I had up to nude photos or something along those lines that are just personal. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Nothing like that. I, and I would go, there it is. There's the relationship. Now, you've heard her side. I'm letting that speak for me. Do with it what you will. Leave me the fuck alone while I sit over here and count my money for the rest of my you life. Know, there, there's, another yeah. obscure, there's another obscure angle to this as well, and I don't want to come down too hard on the guy because he was making a, a living, but again, I, I'll, I'll invoke the Chicago comedy scene and all this other stuff. He had that show at, at midnight for a really long time, and he has worked very hard and done a very good job of advocating for this sort of identity culture and victim culture. He falls firmly in the camp of those who have advocated for that. And now he's being bitten by it. Oh, I get it. So there's a special kind of fever coming from a certain angle going, you, you, this, is, this is your own monster coming back to get you, Dr. Frankenstein. Exactly. I in that you. aspect, I don't have, in, in that one aspect alone, I don't have a problem with this. That's the only aspect. And if you were to ask me overall in general, I have a huge problem with it. But that to me, I think should serve as a warning sign to you would-be uh, penis Uncle Toms out there that this will come back to get you, or it could. This is what happens when you abandon the rule of law and due process for an agenda, identity politics, professional victimhood. You well, I mean, yourself, you're putting yourself up on the gallows. There's a, there, I mean, apparently his job was based on how good of a boyfriend he was. I mean, there's there's a podcast I listen to, and I am amazed. I'm not going to name it because of what I'm about to say. If you listen to that one, you listen to this one, you know exactly which one I'm talking about, though. I am amazed at one of the hosts' disdain for anyone who dares to use the term due process when it comes to any of these Me Too allegations. I am amazed at how quick this host jumps to believe whatever the woman says and declare the man an asshole. At the very least, and at worst, a sexual predator or assaultist or rapist or whatever the fuck. And I'm just like, what are you trying? Are you trying to like buy yourself some goodwill with this bunch? Because homeboy, they don't like you. Yeah, they don't have the (laughs) they don't have the right plumbing. 
Yeah. It they ain't never going to work. They, they are not going to advocate for you when your time comes, Uncle Tom. I, I'm assuming his name's Tom. Well, his name's Tom now, since you're not going to tell us who Uncle so Tom, they're not going to be... No, it's <laughs> Uncle Tom. You'll get it after a while. It'll come to you in the middle of the night, Chris, I promise. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, they're not going to uh, offer you the, the shelter you may one day need. Well, it's, it's this... It's, you know, I'm almost to the point where I just want... Like, just like we were at work talking about the Space Force, and I said, I, I want to go out in space... And fuck an alien first. That way, I'm some new kind of sexuality. <laughs> now I'm an oppressed person. Now I can say whatever I want. Right. I am. I'm because I because I fuck something that's outside of the quote unquote normal range. I'm oppressed, so I can just be as big of an asshole as I want, and no one can call me on it. And my buddy goes, "You say whatever the fuck you want, anyways." I'm like, "Oh yeah, right. My bad." So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he goes, "Yeah, you're one of the ones that just don't give a fuck." He's like. If you ain't got nothing to lose, I'm like, calm down, me and Bobby McGee. I got you. But <laughs> it's it's kind of the truth because, you know, this other story that, that, that Aaron had, had brought up this, what is it, White Death? Uh, I didn't share that one, did I? Was he? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, thought, I, I, thought no, I, I shared it with you guys. I just I saw it on oh, my lunch that. break. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, was, I was jokingly referring to it as the White Death story. But it was, I mean, it's just statistically... White people aren't uh, aren't making enough people to make up for the ones that are dying. White people are dying off in certain states. I swear, I, I, I'm not joking. I wish I was going to be alive for the tipping point. I mean, it won't go like I want it to go because the people who feel that you know they're that 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 they're underrepresented and and everything else. And in a lot of cases, rightfully so, by the way. But the ones who 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 just don't even bother with equality want to shoot right to the top of the fucking totem pole and take a shit on everybody else and go. That's what you get for thousands of years of historical <laughs> oppression. They're not going to be. But they're not going to be magnanimous and benevolent. No, 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 they're not. Here's the actual statistic: uh, census data, briefed by Applied Population Lab, shows that deaths outnumbered births. For white people in 26 U.S. states in 2016, up from 17 two years earlier, meaning 17 uh, U.S. states where the same statistic was true, that, that deaths were outnumbering births. Wow. Come on, whitey. <laughs> Get to fucking. Yeah. I'd like to see that statistic in Europe as well, because there, there's a, a breeding problem where they're not having enough kids in Europe. I'd like to see that statistic. For like countries like uh, Norway and Germany, and well, see if that's a phenomenon that's not limited to the U.S. Because I don't think it is. You know, one of the things I find kind of ironic in this situation is, you know, the, you know, you always see the millennial stories. You know, millennials are killing this. Millennials are or are not doing X. And one of the things that they, you know, have, statistics have pointed out over and over again is millennials aren't having sex at the same rate. That right. Generation X and the baby boomers did at their same age. Yet this is the generation that is completely the most sex obsessed generation. They gave us even Tinder. Even taking yeah. into consideration the summer of love and all of the bullshit hippie stuff surrounding that that lasted for a few years. We're 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 well beyond that as far as this obsession with sex into the point where they invent genders. They invent 
completely new words to describe things. Well, that's, that doesn't that's more make, about identity than sex, isn't it? But their identity is so wrapped up in sex, it's inseparable. Well, well here, here's another statistic for you. Actually, I'll try and describe this graph that I'm looking at, but it goes from 2000 to 2016. It shows a ratio of births divided by race, white, black, Asian, and Latino, right? So overall... It looks like as you get into 2016, this is nationwide now, the graph for whites goes from eh, like 1.1 to 1, right? So it's even. Mm-hmm. Blacks over 2 to 1 almost consistently until very recently. Asians over 5 to 1. So Asians are breeding five times as much as they're dying. Yes, and Latinos... Okay. Uh, actually have gone down as well, but are still right around the five. It goes from eight all the way down to five to one ratio. But still, I mean, Asians, blacks, and Latinos are are vastly outpacing whites in general. And what's the source of this? Uh, It says NCHS-CDC. CDC, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure what the NCHS... Oh, yeah, okay. Center for Human something or another and the Center for Disease Control. Right. Well, and see, here's, I don't know about you guys. I don't give a single crap about, at all, about, well, in 60 years, even if I was going to live guaranteed another 60 years, whites will be the minority. I, I don't care about that as far as, I'm not scared of people who look different from me. So that doesn't bother me. It's are the, you scared? Are you scared of a majority that hate you? It's not about looks. It's about how, what position are you going to be in when that day comes? It's not about, you know, just inherent reptilian fear. It's about how are you going to be treated in the society when suddenly you're the minority and your majority is consisting of people who feel like you, specifically whitey, have oppressed them for hundreds of years. Yeah, I mean, I guess we can go outside and get some gangster shit and figure it out. <laughs> Yeah, well, you may have. I, I, well, <laughs> I don't, I don't, know, any other way to, I don't well, know any other way to put it because it's. I'm sorry. I. That's you. You hit the nail on the fucking head. That is. It's, it's also, a good. It was a lie, but you nailed it, man. White people have proven that they're able to still dominate even when they're in the minority. Well, guys, ready to come back. Guys, it, it is. It, this is what I try to explain to people who feel that who who love to trot out this you know word historically. And then, you know, throw oppression and, and subjugation and, you know, any other word that they just learned yesterday behind it. And I'm like, okay, great, wonderful. My family is of Irish descent. On my dad's side, 100% pure according to the DNA testing. Does that mean I need to go around kicking every person from, from England's ass? If you're British, I need to beat the shit out of you and kill you and your, and, and your children because of what your ancestors did to my ancestors? But no, that's because of your white privilege. That's, okay. That sounds like an awesome YouTube video, and I would follow I, I, I you just, around and film again, it. Yeah, I'm just playing the argumentative devil devil's advocate here. That's what they'd say, because your skin color doesn't determine your success and how you're treated here. And that's exactly that's, what they'll say. That's where you get into That's where you get into the social Michigan stuff. man assaults Jude Law tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Assaults Jew law. Is that what you said? No, Jew law. law. Oh, Jesus Christ. I thought you went completely (laughs) off. Holy shit. I thought it was like I was talking to Aaron Goebbels here for a minute. Okay. (laughs) 
the Juden in the shower snow. <laughs> no, um, Rich beats up Mr. Bean. <laughs> the oven is only a metaphor. It's not really an oven. I mean, you know, it's it's just it, it, this is where you get into the social sciences, and and it, it, I laugh because it's like Christian science. Because it's not based in science at all. It's based in feelings. And it, empirical evidence, out the window. Scientific theory, out the window. Anecdotal evidence, front and center. And how I feel, right, right. there with it. Right. It's all, it, like, what was it? Jesse, I forget his name. He, he, was, he was on a TV show like a couple years ago. He won an award. I think it was at the Emmys. Is it the Emmys? It's the, the TV one? I think so. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. And he got up there and he said, you know, I just want to say thank you. And oh, by the way, this 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 gentleman is biracial to the point where he's very light skinned, as my, as my buddies would for, for, uh, with more melanin in their skin would say, high yellow. Plus, he's got b- bluer eyes than I do. Is up there saying, you know, this invention called whiteness. And then I was like, invention, invention. called whiteness. So I went, invention yeah. called whiteness, <laughs> and boom, did I, I come love- up with a bunch of bullshit? I love that sound effect, by the way. We need to do that more. <laughs> there's, there's no such thing as white people. Uh, that it, is, it, is, it is a social construct to group of people who are loosely associated together yes. to form a majority to Jeez. exploit the minorities. Fuck, and I'm, I'm, like, like, and I'm, like, I'm like, okay, so if being white's an invention and it's a social construct, what are you upset about? Destroy the social construct, not the white, not the so-called white people. Yeah. Just like if gender is a social construct, then what's a transgendered person? A social creation. So they weren't born that way. Right. They were a social experiment. Yeah, they were conditioned. They were conditioned, exactly. Pavlovian style, which is all bullshit, and hard science backs that up. But this is, this is, the, this is the, 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 the dogma and the doctrine that these idiots preach. Yeah. And so when, when I hear something about... This is my mindset. When I hear someone, oh man, white people are dying off. So it reminds me. It reminds me of like if you were to go to the Ark thing down in oh what is it Kentucky? You know the Ken Ham thing, and you you could find it. In fact, you know what I have? I wish I could I could figure this out because my my girlfriends. I have to say this really quietly because they're they're home now, and I think they may be still. <laughs> so I have to shut the fuck up here. So I'm going to cover up. They're fundamental Christians, okay, like big time. <laughs> All right. They believe Ken Ham. And they have oh, these little children's books. And we don't discuss religion. We're okay. It's fine. But they have these children's books that they gave to my girlfriend's cousin's little kid. Uh, they're like really young. They can't read yet. But they were like oh. these things. You remember highlights? Remember that, that oh, kid? Go- yes. Go oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah, got absolutely. those. They got those at the Creation Museum. And there's this stuff in there talking about how scientists, you, you should be a scientist, but only if your science agrees with, with God's word. <laughs> so you should kind of not shit. be a scientist is the name of this? In the technical <laughs> vernacular, yes, that's exactly what he's saying. But that's what that reminds me of. It's, it, it, it comes back to this thing that I was talking about a few weeks ago, and it was backed up again by this uh, Solzhenitsyn uh, bio where it, you've removed uh, religion from a certain ideology only to replace that religion with the ideology itself. So what you're doing when you're having these, you see these publications about how white 
is not really a thing. It's a blah, blah, blah. It's the same bullshit, the same propaganda line, the same tactic being used in this highlights book for children. Bullshit science, bullshit articles, bullshit propaganda set up as a scientific study to basically indoctrinate people who are receptive to it. That's all that is, and it's vile. I, I believe I've seen some of those books because um, a, a certain ex's family was very much into it. Are these the type of books where you see people who look like they're from biblical, the old, you know, old Testament biblical times, just skipping along with dinosaurs and stuff? Like at the same time? Old hands with T-Rex. Let me see if I can dig through it real quick. Now, the thing is called Kids Answers. Now, of course, you know Ken Ham. His website is called, all together now, Answers in Genesis, where he believes the world is 5,000 years old and all this other fucking bullshit. Uh, I want to find and read part of this. Oh, here it is. It's on the very back. This wasn't the guy with the sweater that asked Trump a question? That's Bone. That's Ken Bone. Bone. Mixed up your Ken's. Ken Ham is the guy who was in Religious. Ken Ham's with, the guy who challenged Bill oh, Maher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah, Bill Maher. Right. Or Bill Nine, not Bill Maher. Okay, so this is what it says. Now, I'm, I'm going to read this literally. It's on the back page of this. The thing is called Kids Answers. Stick it Do together you, and have a be ham bone. <laughs> I've done that before. Uh, and and the, the, the title of this episode from November, December 2007. So it's or 2017, so it's last year. Do you want to be a scientist? And on the back, it's got this little blurb next to a guy who wears a hat like, fuck you, Ken Ham. He wears a hat like I do when I'm traveling, and I want to kill this guy now. Piece of shit. You reflect poorly upon me and my adventurism, you cunt. Anyway, it's called... He wears the same style of hat, or he wears a hat like you wear a hat? He wears the same style hat and shirt. He looks like he's going off to, you know, sail the Amazon, as I did in December, and this motherfucker would be thrown overboard down there and eaten by an alligator. Probably (laughs) jump. Thinking God would save him. Cunt. Fuck you. Anyway, it's called... The little blurb is called Talk It Over, and it says, Have you ever thought about being a scientist? What would you study? And this is geared to children now. And the next paragraph says, read Genesis 1-1. How does that verse shape our understanding of the universe? What could happen if we start by believing? It doesn't. Quit interrupting me. What? Because this is funny. What could happen? I have to reread it to keep the context, Chris. Read Genesis 1-1. How does that verse shape our understanding of the universe? What could happen if we start by believing that. So in other words, you want to be a scientist, you got to start with Genesis, and you have to believe that and then take that to your scientific study. I'm not done. Then read <laughs> Romans 1.18 to 20. <laughs> what does this passage teach us about why some people don't start with the Bible? I don't know what Romans, I should look that up now, but this is the kind of shit that they're trying to shove into kids' heads. It's the same thing. It's the same exact thing you were talking about, Rich, except with the progressive religion that we're having to deal with today. It's stuff that's wrapped in religiosity and propaganda, however you want to look at it, and put forth as rational conversation and study. By the way, real quick, Romans 1, 18 to 20. Oh, yeah. This is according to the one. NIV, is, this is the, the summary of the, of the quote, God's wrath against sinful humanity. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godless, godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress truth by their wickedness, since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from 
what has been made so that people are without excuse. And they want people, they, they expect these children to start with that and lay that as the foundation for their quote-unquote, air quotes, on a podcast. Scientific study. Oh, but Scientific. yeah, this applies to like <laughs> no, you don't. A very narrow sl- a band of people that would, uh, would go back and forth between mass for shut-ins and Mister Wizard yeah. on Sunday mornings. <laughs> hey, you want to hear Genesis Genesis one one, the foundation for all of their scientific thinking? Oh, uh, I know. Go God created the heavens and the earth. Yep. There you go. Yeah. The, the, the earth was. Right. The, the earth was without shape, and it was void, and all that good shit. So, therefore, this is the Bible, according to Ken Ham, and this is this is all over his work. <laughs> the, Bible, the Bible is your scientific textbook. <laughs> right. Neat. It, in order to be a scientist and a Christian, you first must be completely non-curious and think we have the answers to everything. Galileo was a scientist <laughs> and a Christian. Now, let's not lump them all in there, but to be a batshit <laughs> fucking Christian like a guy who would build a huge ark in a field in fucking Kentucky— <laughs> And have little fucking Flintstones characters riding dinosaurs in there? Right. That's what and if you want to be a doctor, just repeat after me. You look fine to me, and if there is anything wrong with you, I certainly can't do anything about it. You're in God's hands. Yeah, God will fix you. Pay me. <laughs> yeah. So you see what I'm saying, though, Rich? You see the connection with what I'm trying to say about what you were talking about with this fucking social study, social science bullshit that oh, you yeah. see coming out of people who are just sitting there thumping an agenda? It's the same thing, man. I mean, again, I'll take it back to Solzhenitsyn, and that's what, that's what the Russians did. That's what totalitarian states do. That's what batshit people who want control of society do. They, they, it's the same. They don't want people thinking rationally about this stuff. And I'm not talking about Ken Ham here. I'm talking about people who believe in the sort of religious wackoism coming from the left and from the right in a lot of ways. But those extremists do not want you thinking, so they will wrap their bullshit in anything that you, that you can tell yourself. It's not really about you know, convincing you intellectually. It's giving you an excuse to believe the bullshit you want to believe. Absolutely. So you don't have to think. Absolutely. That's, that's, uh, there's, a, there's a term. I might, have, I might have brought this up a few weeks ago. I can't remember. It might have been one of the episodes you weren't on, Todd. There's a term that's going around. It's a pejorative term used by people in the LGBT community towards the wannabes. They call them trend sexuals. And they're like, these are people who have no desire to transition. They are not bisexual. They are not pansexual. They are not whatever the fuck. They're not gay. They just want to be lumped in with a group and go, yep, this is my group and my people are oppressed. And they want... They want all of the sympathy and empathy and compassion that comes with being a part of this group without ever having to walk the walk. Yeah. You remember the, 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 you remember Moonbeam? You remember? Congratulations. You're you're now less accepting than Juggalos. (laughs) Congratulations. Way to go. You remember me talking about Moonbeam up up there in uh, East Lansing, right? And she is a raging feminist and she's been a huge supporter of trans people and trans rights and all this. And uh, just to recap, I know you guys have heard this, but in case we have new listeners among the many thousands that listen to the Unregimented Podcast at CryptoMedia.net. But this kid was an angry young man when he was about nine or ten years old. She had told me she didn't understand why this boy was so angry he was just angry all the time and considering you know her and her background and how vocal and you know a uh, uh, heavy heavy duty uber feminist radical feminist borderline radical anyway uh borderline man bashing 
And then all of a sudden, this kid turns out to be supposedly transgender. And suddenly, he's not angry anymore. You see what I mean? You see where I'm going with this. I know what you guys do, but I've told you. But you have a kid growing up in a home with a woman who advertises how feminism is the way to go, how men have destroyed everything, how white men are the scourge of the earth. This little white boy who's 9 or 10 years old hears this. She's not doing it on purpose, obviously. She right, thinks kind of she's forced to, right? I mean, he, in order to fully get his mother's love, exactly. he's forced to change. And, he, and in order to not feel shame about who he is, because he has a penis, a white one, and not feel like he is part of the problem and part of the scourge of the earth, suddenly, you know, trans people are what, four-tenths of a population? Four-tenths of a percent of the population? And this kid just happens to, within a year of this angry outburst phase, turn into a transgendered young, insert pronoun here, in that home? Maybe it's true. Maybe the kid is. I find, it, I find that coincidence to be remarkable. Well, it's the same as the uh, uh, San Francisco Chronicle article that followed a few families who were having a child transition. And we're talking to child, you know, these children were tweens and younger. And the, the article, the, the one, I think it was a multi-part piece, but the one piece that I wrote, or wrote, it read, um, there was the older brother who I believe was like 11 and they were starting him on hormone blockers and the therapy to transition and all this. And then his six year old sister all of a sudden comes out and goes, I'm trans too. And you know, you could see in the pictures in this article, the mother was just ecstatic. She was all smiles in every picture and dealing with the the therapist and doctors and the father sitting there with the thousand yard stare, like hearing the end playing while the beginning of Apocalypse Now rolls in the background. And I'm just like, I have photo proof that I'm twice as accepting as all my Facebook friends. exactly what it is. And that, that's what happened with Moonbeam, too. Because she was more than happy, rather to keep her kid's supposed sexuality private and to use to let the kid live his life as whatever he is, she was more than happy because, you know, she's a progressive activist and a feminist to prop her boy up and use him as an example, as an excuse, really, for her to come out and be even more radical as far as transgender, quote-unquote, rights are concerned. Because, well, I have one. You see what I mean? Oh, yeah. And that's a little trophy for her. No, she, I, I, she parades him around just like that. It, 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 you know, this is something that I have disagreed very, very loudly with certain family members. And it's just a subject I won't have a conversation with with other family members is the indoctrination into the Christ, you know, the the the, the cult like Christianity that that tends to take hold in certain parts of my family. And inevitably, these days, if it does get brought up, the first thing I say is, "Well, what about the gay agenda and the programming of children?" And I go, first of all, why the fuck would anybody want to indoctrinate and force their children to think a certain way? You teach them universal truths. Case in point, fire burns. If you can't swim, you'll drown. You know, you know shit, 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 that, shit that is, there's no argument about. Did you, and then did you, you let just, them explore the world. Did, was that question actually a serious question? Oh, yeah, it's been, it's been posed no, to me. Fr- yeah. from you. No, I'm asking the question you asked. How did you put that? Why would people not want to teach their children 
objective truth? Is that how? Is that basically what you're saying? Because there are a lot of reasons. Most of them aren't. Go ahead. Well, I mean, I can think of a lot of excuses, but they're not, not excuses. They're not reasons. many valid reasons from your perspective. I, I and I, I again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not finding fault with your reasoning here. I, what I'm saying is that uh, differentiating between reasons and excuses is from your perspective. You see what I'm saying? They think that they're doing the right thing. Westboro Baptist Church is a perfect example of that. Mm-hmm. They think they're doing the right thing. They think right. that they're teaching their children to hate fags is a good thing, and it's going to put them in the good graces of God. That's not an excuse. I mean, that's, from their perspective, that's a legitimate reason. Yes, I understand. And once again, it gets into that's my truth, this truth, you know, the, the, the word play that comes into it, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, beliefs. Yeah. But I mean, there's, you know, I, I, God, I wish I could remember. I just, oh, it's called, uh, it's a documentary on Netflix called White Right Meeting the Enemy. Mm-hmm. And it's a um, Muslim female from England who was raised in the West from a little, you know, from the time she was a little, little girl. And she basically goes in with, the blessing of all these right wing, you know, they don't call themselves racist for the most part anymore. They call themselves, you know, white nationalists or, you know, whatever the fuck and whatever term they use. Yeah. She goes in and she, she embeds himself herself with him. She was actually marching with him in Charlottesville and got and got attacked because they thought somehow a Muslim woman in the middle of a bunch of white white men was the enemy. And Antifa attacked her. And she has it on video, you know, mm-hmm. and it's only an hour long documentary. But in this documentary, you see her start having these one on one conversations. And she, you know, she reads some of these guys. And these are leaders of these, these, you know, movements, the emails, the, the letters, et cetera, et cetera. And they're like, well, I'm uncomfortable. I, I don't feel that way about you. I don't think that was it shit skin and you should be raped and killed. Not in that order. And, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, just, you know, the, the, the most vile parts of fucking 4chan you can imagine. <laughs> and by the end of this, one of the guys resigns from the largest white supremacist organization in the country. And he's been their leader for 16 years because he's like, you're, I consider you a friend. You're just another human being. And I, it was it was so once I got to know you on a one on one basis as a human being, it was so at odds with everything I had thought because I'd never known many Muslims outside of what the television presents in the three headshot. You know, we're going to get a Christian, a Muslim and a mediator <laughs> and we're going to let them yell at each other for five minutes and we're going to cut to a commercial, you know, and nothing solved at the end of it. And everybody's even more pissed off than they were at the beginning. And. It, it goes right to what I have said for years on this show. It's damn near impossible to demonize someone once you humanize them to yourself and yourself to them. Right. Well, yes, but it, don't discount the human power of compartmentalization. I, now, I, but once again, there's is, one of the good ones. Well, the dehumanization is the compartmentalization, though. You see what I mean? It's, it's really hard. If uh, you, yeah, that, right. that, that's the process of it. Yeah, and it was and one of one of the guys. It, it very much was. You could see over her t- time spent with him, all these compartments where he was compartmentalizing things, just breaking down, and him going, "Wait a minute, this doesn't jibe with what I, what I've been, what I've 
either been taught to or I've been so angry about doesn't jive with the reality that I'm experiencing right now. This isn't someone who wants to take my land from me, who wants to kill me and kill my children and et cetera, et cetera. This is someone who just, who, whose family risked everything. To, now, granted, she didn't come to America. She went over to, to Europe, but, you know, came to the UK, started with nothing to provide a better life for, the, you know, this woman, their child. The same thing he's trying to do. Right. And, and it, you know, the, one of them actually had a very introspective moment where he said most of this comes from fear fear of losing control fear of not being on top and the truth is when we're we're not trying you know she, she told him she goes i don't want a white society i don't want a muslim a christian a black an asian society i want a society where we all build things and there's a spot for all of us and there's plenty of room on this planet for everybody. There's plenty, there's plenty of shit if we stop fighting over nonsense. And I'm just sitting here like, this is exactly what the fuck I've been trying to tell people. Because I've worked with people who work with, with, with Rye, my co-host on the other podcast. And when, they, you know, when I meet them and they come in, I have to train them. And you know, those, they're trying to feel me out. You get to, you know, the little, it's, it's like, you know, begin first round of a fight. You've never, guy you never fought before. You just feel out of spots and... You know, uh, you know uh, I'm not really cool with fags. Well, then you probably don't want to work here. Why? Because half people here are, are gay or part of the LGBT community, and they're my friends. Wow, could you be friends? You? And I'm like, thanks. Yes, I'm, I look like a walking hate crime. I understand that. But no, I have no problem. They're my friends. No one's held me down and shoved dick in me. No one's made me join the pink mafia. Yet, Rich. That's what they'll tell you. That's what Yet. I was thinking. That's what I was thinking, actually. Sorry. And then what happens... Most of the time, there's two instances I can think of that those people, those two people did not relent. But the rest of them, you work in a very close environment. It's a high stress environment. But when you have downtime, you end up sitting around talking because there's no one else to talk to. And lo and behold, the thing that, that, that Rye hears the most is, wow, you're nothing like I thought a gay guy like you would be. And he goes, what, are we all the same? <laughs> Does he get you're one of the good ones? Well, no, he gets, he gets, I mean, Aaron has met his boyfriend. Apparently his boyfriend's voice comes off a little bit more gay on the podcast than it does in person, (laughs) at least to me. I don't know. But they're like, oh, you're just normal guys. His boyfriend, his boyfriend's a mechanic. He works on cars all day. He looks like a grease monkey. And, you know, that's not a, that's not a gay stereotype. You've hit on something that I think is incredibly important, and I don't think it has to be taken to the um, the extreme, or I guess using the only example of like Christians, Muslims, gay people, and, and straight people. I mean, we have a problem where just ideologically with this split and this chasm in between the left and the right in, in, in this country where people demonize each other, and there really is very little interaction on a human level, on, a, on a, just a basic respectful exchange of ideas, information, and opinion, that it, it has the same effect. You know, that's, that's kind of, I, I, I'm sure I got into this at some point in the last couple of months, but I, that's one of the things that happens when I take off traveling. You know, I come back less cynical because I've gotten out hitchhiking around the U.S., particularly where I can sit down and look people in the face and have a one-to-one conversation. It does. It has this effect of humanizing people. Where you understand that, okay, yeah, there are a lot of stupid people out there. There are a lot of fucking smart people, too. There are a lot of people that really just want to do the right thing, that really do want to solve problems. 
And you don't hear from those guys. And if you go to Latin America, you know, it humanizes the immigrant problem. They're not just people, these abstract images in your head or these sort of, you know, Polaroid images of MS-13 trying to cross the border. You see people that are struggling. You see people who live in poverty and, and then, then have to take the money from relatives in the United States to buy bread. You know, that humanizing thing is it's a really huge, huge, it's, it's the antidote to tribalism. To, to, to identity tribalism, because you see people for who they are, who they really are, and it does. It, it takes that, that compartmentalization that Aaron was talking about, and it shatters it on the ground. Now, you can go back there. You can come back to your cave, and you can start thinking of people, and you can forget all that, and I do. The more time I spend on the Internet, <laughs> exposed to ignor- in, you know, ignorant comments and people who are willfully stupid, um, I do forget that all those experiences but it's it's an important thing to remember i think i think you've seen yeah you see that and i just wish more people would do it or at least keep it in mind or try it well i mean i and and to and to bring it back to the original point of this you know the whole white death and 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 you know somehow white people aren't reproducing quick enough to keep our foothold this is a podcast for 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 gentlemen in in you know later middle age or fast approaching later middle age whatever however you want to look at it and two of us haven't had kids. Doubt we're going to have. Doubt you two are going to have them anytime soon. No. To be brutally honest, it, my my daughter was not planned. And Aaron, you going you you looking to pop out any more tax breaks before you die? I look at anything over uh, two kids as a crime against humans. See, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you fit really well in Norway. And if my sister hears this, I love you. <laughs> but I mean, is your, your sister married? Oh yeah. No, oh, never mind. What? <laughs> My guess is more than two it children. Took a, it took a- that took a creepy turn for a second. <laughs> I was I'm trying to get to know my podcast buddies a little better. Fuck you guys. I was waiting for is your sister's name? Yeah. <laughs> Say it. You know you want it. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. There you go. But <laughs> but no. Seriously. I mean. So obviously. If this was something that the four of us were, oh my God, so concerned with, we'd be dropping kids like, like Cromarty Jr. out there. We'd have like twelve kids by like you know hey, eleven different women. You got a reality show out of it, I guess. But I mean, that's my point. This is not something I worry about. I mean, we'd have to be making like NFL money. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the reality of it is, yes, in this country there is a very small window to where someone who comes from absolutely nothing can work their way high up enough into the cogs of the machine to have some control over what happens to to the quote-unquote plebes in everyday life. It's not a huge window, but it can happen. I'm not worried about who the people at the top, what what color they are, because most of the time, in my experience, the only color they care about is green. It's uh, if you All think right. if, if you think that there's going to be some mass uprising of black women and they're just going to take over the government and it's going to turn into like like the Black Panther, some sort of ethno state. I got a big spoiler alert for you. It ain't happening. The powers that be won't let that happen because then the money dries up. And this this the way this government. And this in in our country at this moment is set up is it's a pyramid scheme. Shit rolls downhill, money goes up. And if you disturb that apple cart, God help you, whoever you are. 
I don't care how low on the, or high on the oppression totem pole you are. I mean, it, it, that's just the reality of it. So once again, this is this is this is window dressing and art and, and, and fodder for for internet arguments. The reality is, if the middle class shrinks and you have a ruling class and a ruled class who's barely above the, the the poverty rate, what's the best way to keep them from focusing on the fact that they're being fucked out of their entire life? Keep them fighting with each other. That's where this shit comes in. I mean, I guess it's an interesting footnote. Hey, white people aren't fucking and producing kids as much. Does that mean white well, chicks are more open to anal and swallowing? I don't know. If they are, go team. There's a you're you're, you're missing one one small thing though, Rich. Uh, and I don't know how how much you're missing it really. Again, it comes back to the the old Russian Revolution history. Have you ever noticed how um, one of the things that it, a lot of people like to say about the left is that the people on the left don't care about poor people as much as they hate rich people. They don't really give two fucks whether or not you live in poverty. They just hate that you have money. And that's that's something that, again, comes back to the um, Russian Revolution and after Lenin and Stalin took over, that the lowest class of society, the ones who were really oppressed, the ones who were persecuted were ones the people who had money. You need an enemy. You need somebody to say they're causing the problem. Those people over there are causing the problem. And then if you can do that and you can you can sort of instill the idea in the rest of the people's heads that they're not part of that and you can get them on your side to persecute these other people as they did with the Russians the Russians did with rich people the uh, bourgeois in the uh, 1930s then you've got that mechanism as well to keep people from realizing how badly they're getting fucked because you can make life worse for these people they're getting fucked worse than you and I'm helping so therefore it's okay well, it's like Freud started off believing in the pleasure principle, that people did everything because it brought them pleasure. What he didn't count on was the fact that people love to cause other people misery almost as much as they enjoy pleasure themselves, especially <laughs> a certain type of person, I a saw certain something. type of personality of person. I saw something today that on Twitter. It was from a Nietzsche. Nietzsche. I don't know how to say the guy's name, but the, the philosopher dude uh, that said that people don't um, seek out Pleasure, they seek out power, and pleasure is a byproduct of power. Hmm. That makes a whole hell of a lot of sense. That's yeah. a pretty astute observation. Yeah. I mean... And, to, yeah, to bring it back to the, the immigration thing, that's it's like, this is why it's such a strong issue for the Republicans. It's a twofer. They get to prey on people's fears of your culture is being wiped out, your white culture is being erased in this country. And they also get to point the finger at somebody. I'm not the reason that you can't, you don't have a factory job anymore in your town. It's not because, you know, I okayed your corporations to go do their business overseas. It's because somebody else is hopping over the border and taking your job. Right. You know, and that, that, that too, again, I guess you could take that schematic and that, that sort of blueprint you just uh, lined out for everybody. You could apply that to the left as well. Trump is the person to be afraid of. Trumpism, fascism, <laughs> however you want to look at it. And yeah. everybody's oppressing you. White men, <laughs> particularly white men. We are the Mexicans to the left. Well, it's, I mean, the fact that I have sat and watched certain subgroups divide even further into sub subgroups and start ripping themselves apart from the inside out. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it makes me think that conflict, I mean, look, bottom line, whether 
we want to realize this or not, we love conflict as a species. We love it. We crave it. I almost am convinced we have to have it in some form or another to just, it's sustenance. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just like food and shelter. I mean, it's, we have to have something to persevere against. Yeah. Yeah, we talked about this a few weeks ago. And you, that struggle, yeah, that uh, climbing of the hill or whatever. And, and, you know, we've only been around maybe, what, 100,000 years in this form? After we sort of slunk out of the jungle or whatever, 100,000, 200,000, I can't remember. But oh, Right, but, you're saying we're older than the Earth. How is that even possible? Yeah, fuck you, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to grab you by your beard and skull, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> you knocked me off track, you dick. No, but it, it's it, for, for the longest time, only the, like the last, what, two, 3,000 years we've been civilized, quote unquote, right? Maybe 4,000 mm-hmm. years, five, whatever it is. But for the other 95,000 years. I'm going to put civilized in quotes. I did too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for the rest of the time, I, we were we were tribal. We were battling for territory. We were battling for dominance. We were battling for breeding rights, resources, whatever you want to call it. And I think it is. I, I think it's part we're of battling for survival. Yeah, exactly. Like every other fucking animal on the planet, right? <laughs> territory dominance, and to to think that that has been somehow extracted by the out of our DNA over the last blink of an eye in evolutionary terms over the last 5,000 years is ridiculous. So I think, you're, I, I think you're right. I think our brains and our, our minds, when we're occupied and we're sort of caged into this life of chasing money, instead of hunting, gathering, we're gathering money and going to work doing something we hate fucking doing. We want that, we want that primal sense of struggle. Mm-hmm. It's part of who we are, purpose, however you want to look at it. We can channel that into the positive things like setting off and exploring new continents. That's a struggle. That's life in its basic sense. You know, we did that for hundreds hundreds of years. We, there's nothing left to explore. There's no place to go adventuring and conquering anymore. So we have to, we're, we're starting to turn on each other. It's not, it, it's never going to, it's never going to go, you're not going to legislate that shit away. You're not going to legislate biology away. You're not going to socially engineer it out of the DNA. You're just going to you're going to suppress it and turn it into a fucking volcano unless you can figure out a way to to, to sort of turn it to something positive. Well, we have such a just stop and think about this. We have such a pathological need to create conflict and to have an enemy that we have taken one of the most pleasurable things we could do as a species fuck and turned it into an adversarial exchange it's a power play i mean it is it is it blows my mind and i'm just like wow like that's 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 how fucked we are like like and, and just shooting ourselves in the foot and i believe that people understand that a person you know a person on individual levels understand all this but it gets lost in this white noise that we just bathe ourselves in. Yeah, because you can you can do that because you can put people in a doctrinal a doctrinal position of privilege. Speaking of privilege, and you can sell them this chem hand bone bullshit. You know you what know, I mean? Yes, and and something that was said to me by Aaron in the last week that really struck home was we were talking about a certain subject, and he said, you know, yeah, don't do that because that. That's just going to take you right back to the chaos that you fucking came from. And you've tried so hard to get the fuck away from it. <laughs> Don't open the door and let it in. <laughs> yeah. And it's the truth. 
Yeah. And the sad truth is, is that as much as I might get worked up if the right buttons are pushed, if I'm triggered because I'm a snowflake, um, throughout the week, this is where it's like my purging moment. I just barf it all out, and then I go about the rest of my fucking life. Right. And sadly, there's the vast majority of people don't have that. They no, really the vast, don't. The vast majority of people don't think that much about it either. So the vast majority of people, I don't think, again, I'm generalizing and making a huge assumption here, but I don't think the vast majority of people put that much thought into it. They react. They base their reactions on what they see solely on what they already believe. Yeah, but but when their brain thinks something that makes them uncomfortable, they immediately try and numb it. That's called cognitive Uh-oh. dissonance. <laughs> yes. Yeah. For more beer and TV. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, wrong beer up. and TV, but like... Right. But that's why that's why people don't most people don't need something like this because they're not putting the the mental energy into it, the mental fuel into that. It really is. It's weird. I mean, it's I I don't know if it's weird. Maybe honestly, we're the weird ones. (laughs) No, absolutely. I think that's a perfect note to wrap up on. You named episode, Todd. We're the weird ones. (laughs) I love mushroom stamp, by the way. I don't know who came up with that, but (laughs) sweet. Thanks for that visual. I had to. Huh. <laughs> oh, man, it's fucking Trump. He filled up like an hour and a half without even, not even trying. And, but you know, it was very little talk about what he was actually doing. I still, you know? I want a Space Force T-shirt. Okay, I'll send you the link. <laughs> I'm not even joking. There's, oh, really? United States Space Force uh, Facebook page, and they're already printing up T-shirts. <laughs> they have all different kinds. <laughs> we missed the boat again. Yes, we did. Uh, yeah, I want one that says "Get Some," where I'm like blasting an alien. <laughs> <laughs> You're sitting in chewy seat. Or better yet, no, Aaron, I'm going toe to toe with Predator. <laughs> you need to. You, we need to get you one of Captain Kirk fucking green chick that says "Get Some." <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Listen, I'm only on this planet for the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and incidentally, did you guys ever watch? I think it was called Space Force, the uh, Black Mirror episode where they're like uh, the guys in a virtual reality based on like Star Trek, and he's Captain yeah, Kirk. The season three premiere. Yeah, it was. There's the kid from uh, Breaking Bad. Yeah, that's who that was. I couldn't figure yeah. out. I knew I knew he looked familiar, but that I thought is, it was Matt Damon for like half the episode. I, I did too. <laughs> <laughs> and then I figured out it wasn't. Damon. I looked at my girlfriend. I'm like, "Who is that?" She's like, "No, it's not Matt Damon, is it?" I don't know. <laughs> okay, but that episode was awesome. And wasn't that? I was just like, "Why does Matt Damon keep making that face?" <laughs> was that episode space uh, based on a program that they called Space Force? I think so. Uh, maybe I forget. I I know the name of the episode was the name of the the, the starship that they were on. It was, yeah. But the, yeah. the the show was, I think, it was either Space Force or Star Force. I think it was Space Force. <laughs> I wonder if Trump got from that. No. <laughs> I wonder if somebody in his administration watched Black Mirror and just came up with it. Well, I'll bet you Trump will buy this. We'll just use that. Listen, half of them live it no, every day, like, don't they? Like, we need a plan for some sort of force to send into space. And Trump was like, Space Force, I love it. Next. Next, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Occam Fraser again, you're right. But I want to believe that something is fucking 
<laughs> okay, Mulder, you want to believe? We got it. <laughs> oh, fuck oh, Scully. Sh- <laughs> oh, so add unregimented pod on Twitter. You need something like police cops, but that's so dumb. <laughs> send, you, send your suggestions to escapecake.com. Oh, I got mine in this week. Add unregimented pod on Twitter. Electronic mail is unregimented at ChristopherMedia.net. We'll see you next week. All Bye. right. Later. later Congratulations guys. surviving this episode. Bye. <laughs> If you like this show, please tell a friend. Please follow us on Twitter and like and share us on Facebook by searching for Christopher Media. You can subscribe to all ChristopherMedia.net shows for free on ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate and comment on all your favorite Christopher Media shows. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. And thank you for listening. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net.